Tonight's chat is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at www.trylootcrate.com slash FFC. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 110 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on December 1st, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for another evening back in the tower. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who it has been said has the voice of the flower, and he's getting a steadier internet connection as we speak. Justin, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm amazing. Can you hear me? <laughs> I was about, I was about to say, I'm like, Ed, and there he goes. Mm, there he yeah, goes. Yeah. I'm amazing. No, no, I am. I am amazing. Um, <laughs> so amazing. So amazing that I completely forgot where I was going with that. No, um, no, I just wanted to say uh, I just recently have been able to get some internet going and have have been able to actually play some destiny 2 actually got in a raid for the first time uh last night which i mean who knew little caesars had a location outside of nessus i mean i mean that was beautiful um but yeah yeah i uh I've, I've really just been loving this game and blue. I know we talked before show and uh, we kind of discussed the possibility of me maybe saying a few words about the state of the game and, and, and how I see it through my newbie newbie, you know, like newborn still <laughs> newborn eyes over them, eyes, you know, and I was just wondering if that'd be okay with you guys. If I could just be serious. Let's, newbie glasses, let's, it's good. Newbie glasses. Let's let's get the other two people introduced, and then we'll. I actually want to give everyone a chance to kind of weigh in on yeah. on the, the events this week. I know, I know. It's it's almost like we need to give <laughs> names to the disembodied voices that you'll hear. It's crazy. Okay, do it. <laughs> well, alongside me, we also have <laughs> our favorite Gunter, the one and only Green Eyed Music Lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. Are you looking forward to tonight's chat as well? Yeah, I've been looking. Yeah, it's just it's been great to have a break. But at the same time, I'm ready to kind of dig back in because I've missed my online family. Nice. We've missed you, too. Mm-hmm. Except, you know, we chat with you every day. So not everybody mm-hmm. chats with me every day. I make You're up just for it. special because you kind of ping at me every single yeah. day. Green, 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 green. I know you're on vacation, mm-hmm. but I have a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we also have with us the grizzly bearded lore master himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are, how's your head doing? I know you. Um, I mean, like I said before chat and everything, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, quick quick note on that. I suffer from chronic migraines because I had and I, I have this post online anyway, so it's all pretty well up there. Uh, I suffered from shingles several years ago. It affected the left oh. side of my head. And long story short, I have uh, some fairly permanent nerve damage. Uh, but that being said, it pretty well gets to my head like immediately. Uh, some days are better than others. Some days are, are worse than others. Today happens to be one of those worse than other moments. Um, but before I keep going into myself, I'm doing great. Uh, otherwise, everything is, is fantastic. Uh, you know, aside from everybody screaming at each other, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to and, that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, uh, it is the season. 
I, I don't know what my life is anymore at this point. Uh, what is time? I wish I was <laughs> Vex. I wish I had a portal. <laughs> I wish I had that really cool thing that Osiris uses in the trailer where he can like manipulate things because the time. The fidget cube. Yes, the fidget cube. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so real quick before we get into the chat, um, like I said, uh, or kind of like how Justin has kind of mentioned as well, most of us who are some actually even if you're not really involved in the destiny community you probably are aware of of a bit of drama that has been going on um and it's not and honestly it it kind of to me i've also seen it just in general in the gaming community and internet in general but it's kind of taken up a couple it's gone up a couple notches let's just say recently um so i kind of wanted to give a chance to I know normally we kind of leave the uh well we kind of leave the the current events and happenings to our partner podcasts who kind of actually deal with the news uh, Guardian Radio and Guardian 1 especially but I wanted to give a chance for our team to just kind of weigh in because it is kind of a big big happening and I know that a couple of us I know Beard you've been asked what your thoughts are on it um I know yes. I've been asked what my thoughts are on it um and so I wanted to give everyone a chance to kind of weigh in. And that being said, Justin, I know you kind of have a unique perspective on this whole thing because unlike the rest of us, I mean, you, you actually legitimately have only, you've only been playing destiny for or destiny two for a couple of weeks now, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll clarify that. I've played plenty of destiny, but yeah, destiny two. Um, I played, I played beta and I played uh, at the reveal and that was about it. And then um, I'd already bought it and it was sitting there just like driving me crazy, but just, you know, kind of relying on other people to go to their house and play it just never materialized. And, you know, I, once I got past launch, it was kind of like, okay, you know, the, you know, all that urgency went away and just life kind of got in my way. But getting able to step in, being able to step into it now, and I've done a lot by myself, kind of like I did with Vanilla D1. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's, I mean, I, I, again, I, I don't know how much, you know, how much credence my opinion brings with it, just because, you know, I'm not anywhere near that threshold where you could get even start to get bored with it. So, I mean, I'm still at the point to where there's always stuff on the map to do. That's that's rewarding. So, but I did get my guardian to 270 and uh, get to the uh, we got to the gauntlet in the raid last night. So, um, you know, I've done most of the things. So uh, I've really enjoyed it. So I know I know you kind of were speaking a little bit about your take on the the frustrations that were being voiced. Oh yeah, and and I had kind of a little something prepared and, and if, if it's cool with everybody, I'd like to read it. And it is kind it, of addresses is it, is the, it safe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's 100% safe. You know, uh, there's, there's nothing, no beeps, no, nothing like that. No unless, beeps, no train, no train uh, sounds. Yeah. No, no train sounds unless at the, unless at the end, it's so good that green gives me an F. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay. Yes. So are we ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, good evening, all. Uh, I know most of you probably know what's, what's been going on with me. If not, I've just, I've just been in a, 
in a spot where I really haven't had internet. And after enduring the long walk through the video gameless haunted earth that has been my life, my perseverance rewarded this hero's burden with the gift of D2. And while I have the foggy notion that the truth teller is often out of options, I firmly believe that this embattled franchise will be standing tall when the morning comes. And though you may think me a headstrong gentleman vagabond, I'm much more than ballyhoo in good bone structure. With every deadpan delivery, I can scent blue shift in his seat. And though the showrunner's disrespectful stare signals my curtain call and may land me in the hooskow, I leave you with this. Not every pariah is bad news, and not every persuader is your last hope. Fare thee well, Vanilla D2. Not a single clap. Not a single clap. <laughs> I love you. Pins, pins in chat. Pins in chat. He used belly, belly who properly. <laughs> uh, we've started a thing, and I'm okay with this. Oh, did you really have to start with puns while my brain feels like this? Oh, did you so really? Oh, when I saw All that there's right. a gun called Blue Shift, when I saw that there's a gun called Blue Shift, I said, I gotta work that into the pun. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, man. <laughs> I will say well done. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, you're very welcome. <laughs> well, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of hand it off to Green, too. What, what is, like, what are your thoughts on the, on uh, the situation, I guess? Well, I was actually approached by one of the listeners uh, a few days ago, and he asked what I thought content creators or like community leaders should react mm-hmm. or how they should react to this whole thing, which is kind of a dangerous question to actually answer. But what I ended up telling him was that because it's a difficult question, because people are entitled to their own opinions, everybody has them. You can have an opinion. I can have an opinion. It's great. The thing that bothers me is when opinions are attacked. And as soon as you start putting people down for what they believe, because they don't happen to believe something that you believe, that's when things get toxic. And I disagree wholeheartedly with it. I think community leaders, whether you are a small-time podcaster, streamer, like Twitter person that is just like, off the charts in the Twitter world, because there's some of those too. I think a lot of it is just being an example and helping everybody keep a level head without letting people just walk all over each other. Cause no one, no one likes that either direction, but that's my two cents. I think people should be, it doesn't, you don't have to be nice to each other necessarily, but you can't, you shouldn't be putting other people down for what they believe. I agree. And then, uh, it, it, um, did you have anything else before I jumped or before I let beard? Oh, I could go on a, a <laughs> right. Tirade, well, yeah, no, I mean, to, fair, yeah, fair enough. I mean, like, I guess you know, like just quick, just quick responses really, honestly, just to kind of give people a feel for what are, where, where we kind of individually stand. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I think most of us are going to pretty much be on the same page as, as, you are. Yeah, it's just 
be be good to each other, agree to disagree, and move on. Fair enough. And Beard, what about you? Well, because that didn't turn into about 45 minutes over the past, you know, week on my channel at all. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. can hear my entire in-depth thoughts, by the way, over there. Uh, I will keep it as short as I can, because honestly, I think that's the, the major thing is that Green kind of touched on. But on a personal level, uh, when I start having several members of my community be attacked because they enjoy a video game of all freaking things, you better believe I'm going to be upset. You better believe I'm going to go after those people that are 100% negative and cut down those that are in any way positive about anything. So when we start seeing these tags that pop up online, on Twitter, elsewhere, it is not a matter of being 100% devoted to something. It is a matter of simply stating, I am happy with how things are going right now, trust in the development, and know that there is something that needs to change. When you go ahead and start to attack people that exist within playing a freaking video game, you have no right to exist within that area. I am sorry. That is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, Green, I know you wanted to... Yeah, I just wanted to mention Log Power Slave, who created and somebody in chat brought up the the plus sign on the Twitter handles. Uh, Log Power Slave brought that into it not because he's ridiculously optimistic, but because he has a devotion to being open and not going to put you down for your thoughts. Like he will have a conversation with you about it but he's not going to put you down for what you believe mm-hmm. or tell you that you're wrong. That's what the positive sign meant. And I think a lot of people on Twitter kind of took it as being something other. You're right. Completely other. They didn't, they didn't read the first post. All they no. did was start seeing retweets about it. And that was mm-hmm. it. They didn't read the initial post mm-hmm. and it's not like it was up long enough that they would have to skim back far to find it. They could easily figure out what was going on or, like most people forget to do, ask a simple question. Right. Well, I mean, attention spans are short. We are mm. in a era of 280 characters, luckily. But it's still- yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm gonna. I, I actually. That's kind of along the lines of what I'm gonna kind of mention. But uh, Justin, I know you wanted to chime in real quick. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, I could say a bunch of stuff, but it'd pretty much be right down the same lines as what Beard and Green are saying. But uh, I just want to quote one of my favorite non-science fiction books, um, and that is, and we always harp on what a family this community is, mm-hmm. and uh, I just wanted to say that um, this is this is a quote from the book: uh, "We're family." Um. We can argue, but we must never fight. And it means, you know, argument's fine. Like, that's that's talking. Um, we're not going to fight because fighting is nasty and fighting hurts people. See, that's – a lot of people don't savvy the difference, but um, I think it's time to learn it. Yeah. And so in green, I know you've, you've seen what I kind of – I'm, I'm going to read because I, I, I've been asked a couple of times, not just about this particular thing, but in general, mm-hmm. um, 
about some of the toxicity that we've seen. Not in, in it, and this, this by no means, I'm just going to be very clear and upfront. This by no means is just the destiny. Um, most of you know that no. I, I'm, I've been part of the Halo community before I really got into Destiny. Um, I wasn't a huge part of it. Pins is definitely a larger part of the, that community than I am. And I mean, I know he, I've talked to him in length about some of this stuff. I know green, you've kind of talked to him about some stuff too. Um, and then like, you know, it, it, it's really, really kind of a, a, a social phenomenon as far as like our current world. Um, and so like, and, and coming from my background as like, that was kind of what I spent a lot of my my education years researching is actual social and sociology. Um, there's, there's a couple authors that really kind of, I think hit the head or hit the nail on the head as far as kind of explaining where this, this attitude of negativity comes from. And one of them is this was a gentleman named Philip Cushman. And he actually has this concept called the empty self. Uh, and he's, he's basically, it's something that is pretty relevant actually to this chat. Uh, the concept actually explains the practice of strategies that emphasize soothing and charisma instead of critical thought, which is a very prevalent thing in today's world. And if you combine this with the pretty intoxicating sense of courage that's offered by the anonymity of the internet, this often leads to overly aggressive displays of hostility. Uh, which which translates into instead of civil discourse and healthy debate, communities today immediately launch all out wars when they find anything or anyone they perceive as being wrong or unfair, especially to them. Uh, this toxic environment actually compounds the issue because the human person from a psycho- psychological level, the human person is incomplete by nature. Oh, and what that means is that without a cultural matrix within which one can embed oneself, an individual will find themselves unable to function adequately. You you can't function. So, if you take the view that cultural that culture completes humans by explaining and interpreting the world, helping those individuals to focus their attention or ignore certain aspects of their environment, and instructs and infor- and instructs or forbids them to think or act in certain ways, which is a concept that uh, another philosopher, Martin Heidegger, actually came with. Um, It really is no surprise that we have the toxicity we see in the world around us. So when your instinctual responses, as conditioned by the culture that you live in, is to be hypercritical and is trained to see any denial of your individual wishes as a personal assault, uh, basically due to an unhealthy level of emotional attachment to anything and everything that you do, the responses that we see online today really start to become understandable. They're simply a product of their environment. However, this does not make them acceptable. Uh, disagreeing or being annoyed by something, especially something in a video game, is fine and, and, and is completely okay. Uh, but throwing out decorum intact in order to garner popular support just really isn't. It is completely unacceptable. Uh, and this is really, you could see this really with the threats of physical violence. And I mean, there's even been death threats issued for this. So and th- that that is just, it is not, nor will it ever be acceptable responses. Um one of the things is is that it's a sign of a mature and educated mind to listen to opposing points of view and entertain those thoughts without necessarily accepting them. That's that's what conversations are based around. And this if this isn't something that one is capable of, either due to psychological anxiety or, or anger that such a conversation would create, then that isn't in itself a, a kind of a sign that you are getting too close emotionally to the topic. Remember that at the end of the day, this is a game. This is a form of entertainment. If there is no enjoyment for you in this particular game, that is 100% okay. 
It is expected that one piece of art will not appeal to everyone. Really, honestly, to think otherwise is both foolish and naive to just how human beings deal and interact with the world. Uh, and another another individual has a really I love this quote, but he says it is altogether too often people substitute opinions for facts and emotions for analysis. And that that's an executive at um, an executive at Intel, actually Grove, I believe uh, in our world today. That's just, it's just too often that that happens. And so I'm not saying that there aren't criticisms of a game. You know, there are plenty within Destiny 2 to be specific. If you if you've talked to any of us offline or even listened to a podcast, you've you've probably caught on to a couple of them. But what is more important to yourself and to those whom you are speaking or interacting with is that you are able to maintain a respectful and tactful presentation of those criticisms, because to be honest, that is how things get fixed and addressed. Shouting threats makes people ultimately ignore the kernel of truth that you're trying to present to them. They throw the baby out with the bathwater, as the saying goes. So ultimately, be better. Be critical of things, but be respectful in the presentation of your analysis. And analyze the facts. Don't don't use your opinions or emotions as facts. Because while those are valid in their own way, that is not what analysis is based on. Analysis is based on facts. So... If you want to be heard, if you actually are wanting to be heard, which I, I really think the the root of the issue is that these people want to be heard, do it in a respectful manner, and I promise you, you'll be heard. You'll be responded to. You people will listen to you. If you're if you're going to threaten someone with physical violence or even a death threat, they're going to immediately dismiss you, and they will they will ignore you, and that's just because that's what you do to that even worse they will tune anybody out who sounds remotely like you so you actually end up hurting your own cause right right yeah and and, and that's that's ultimately the thing and, and and again i want to reiterate you know this is in response to this this weekend or uh, these past couple weeks in destiny this is where it's kind of come to a head and i think it's a natural course in a lot of communities um this is kind of just a, a natural thing that happens. We kind of all are testing the waters and, you know, it's just like, you know, Justin, Justin will know where I'm going with this. It's just like raising a kid. Everyone has to test the boundaries. We're testing that boundary. And ultimately, you know, green to go back to what you're kind of talking about. That's really where in my mind, a lot of community leaders need to be. They need to be the ones that are being the parents. And, you know, I might think that my four-year-old deserves to have ice cream, but I know that at bedtime he doesn't get it, you know, and, and it's at that point, it's, it's got, someone's got to stand up and be the leader and be the, the person on the community side that's saying, Hey, look, these are the problems that we have. And this is a calm and collected presentation of those problems, but it is not okay to, to threaten. It is not okay to scream. It is not okay to, to do the, some of the things that have been done, yeah, that's not acceptable. And we don't condone that. And I think that's my opinion on that, that thing. So I would even say that it's not even necessarily just the community leader's job to be a parent. Fair. It's everybody's it, yeah. job. Everybody oh, yes. can be the master of themselves. Right. And I think that's, that's the other important thing that I, I really want to stress is that, you know, my, my, messages my door is always open to people um i don't 
ever turn away conversations just because they're uncomfortable. So if you have something wrong, you know, you want to vent, I'm always free to do Mm -hmm. that. Um, But I think that a good sign for those who, you know, who might not realize this about themselves, if you are legitimately this angry, if you, if you really are this angry about what is happening in the, in the video game industry, um, and you aren't, you aren't employed in the video game industry, that that's a different, that's a different conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you are not gainfully employed in, or if you're not employed in the video game industry, this is not your place of business. This is your, their, your source of entertainment. And you are this, angry at this i would really strongly suggest that you take a moment and you kind of you kind of reprioritize things because this is ultimately something that you should be doing for fun and if it is not fun then if it's not fun then you really should ask why are you still here and i don't mean you know get out don't want no i mean what, why are you, why are you sticking around somewhere that is making you this angry? Because no one is making you stay except for yourself. And, and I, there are, there are hundreds of thousands of games out there. You don't have to stay with a game that makes you unhappy. But I think that's, that to me is the big critical sign. I mean, I, I'll be completely transparent. Uh, there was a long time in Destiny 1 after Rise of Iron that I didn't play Destiny. A lot of our community knows that um, because I didn't I didn't like the mechanics of it, you know, whatever. But that didn't mean that I, I went out and ranted and raved. I just picked up Halo again and played more Halo. I mean, I got, you know, people joked about it. But that's that's to me where I am coming from is like if you're if you're this pissed off about it, take a breath and kind of take a step back and talk to us talk talk to anyone talk to someone who is not super annoyed and kind of get their approach to it but that's that i think is my my biggest response to it and i know i I kind of dominated that that part but and i apologize but it has been something that has been in the back of my mind for a long time um I think like it's I said, been in the back of everybody's mind for so long now. It's just right. like you said, it came to a head. It's just, right. It got it got way too out of hand. Because I was going to say too, not to not to interrupt you, um, but I took time away, as some people know, to go and play Dead Space, mm-hmm. and I had sat back and looked at what was going on with uh, me personally playing D two, and I said, you know what. I'm really kind of burnt out from it, or I'm not necessarily feeling this right now. I need to go away and do something else. I went to another game that I love, like, profusely. Mm -hmm. I played that game now 23 times over. I still love it to absolute death. And I came back ready and energized to play more Destiny 2, and I actually was having fun. And then about two to three days later, this blows up. And I'm like, I have zero interest in looking into what is going on with this game again. All because of what now we are screaming at. And not because we are criticizing nicely or even criticizing a little harshly. And in turn, like, it's it's gone past tough love. For right. some and, and, people, it has gone past tough love. Right. And to be clear, I know I'm not, I'm not saying don't criticize harshly. No, not criticize harshly. But criticizing harshly. There's a difference harshly, between... Yeah. Yes. No. It's, There's sorry, a difference yes. between criticizing and 
putting people down for Correct. what they believe. There, yes. There's a difference. There's a difference between a difference of opinion and hate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, by all means, if there's something that you disliked about the setup, talk about it. That's great. But do not tell somebody that they are stupid or that this is a dead game and you shouldn't play it anymore because mm-hmm. that's none of your business, frankly. No. We, so. we were told that with Destiny One for how long that it was a dead game, <laughs> and the it was it got it got it, Destiny. <laughs> oh my! Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Kevin that made that into a, a raid tactic. Isn't this game dead? Yeah. Isn't this game dead? So confused. One of the times they raided us, and I was like, "What is going on?" Oh, it's Kevin. Okay, got it. Right, but. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and ultimately, like I, like I said, I was, we're, I'm, I'm trying to keep it brief. I know this is really hard for all of us because, you know, it, it, it is something that's near and dear to us. Um, you know, it, it really is. And so we have very strong opinions about it, but like I said, you know, even though we have strong opinions and some of us might not agree with each other, you know, there, there's, there's been times that Justin's been wrong and he doesn't think that. And, you know, what, um, Um, point of order. I think I think we've now gone into the spin foil territory, and we need to get back on track. No, right? Um, but I mean, the thing is, is like disagreeing with each other. That's that's half the fun in a debate is is coming together and, and presenting ideas that might not be what you think. But you just have to. There's a fine line between difference of opinion and being hateful. Oh. Yeah. Without disagreement, there is no debate. 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 You got it. You got Sorry. it. You can do it. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed you. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, and then I actually, I actually did. Are you guys okay if I, I kind of go to kind of change gears for a quick second, and then we'll change even more gears. Which way are we zigging this time? Well, this way, I, I kind of wanted to talk years. about. I kind of wanted to talk about um, the the little bit of the change that we were chatting about. Mm, okay. So, um, there's there. This is this is something that we've kind of been throwing around for a while, kind of behind the scenes, and um, basically, we've kind of hit an interesting problem recently uh, with the podcast. <laughs> The amount of content that's discussed in the week-long chat is actually getting to the point that it exceeds the ability of us to discuss in a normal two-hour-long episode, which is amazing. It's a great problem. Um, But given that two hours is already pretty well over the average length of most podcasts, um, simply making a longer episode is really not an option, Um, and I don't think we could stay up as late as we would need to to actually cover some of the topics. Um, but neither do I or the team want to cut the chat into a shorter time frame because the week-long format really allows a lot of people to kind of weigh in, who, who want to weigh in, to have a chance because, you know, hey, some of us have other priorities in our lives that, you know, video games, again, entertainment, not necessarily our jobs. Um, so kind of after kind of tossing this back and forth and discussing this, I think the best response for us is to take some of the more hotly debated or complicated issues from the week's chat and delve into those on the weekly podcast. So what this does is this actually gives us a couple wins. First, we're going to get the chance to really dig into a particular issue 
from that week's topic and give it the justice that you know we as a as a team feel they deserve. And second, those issues are still going to be decided by the community, uh, and because this is going to be based on the actual content of the chat. So, and and so that's that's the first piece. Uh, another piece of the discussion was actually around the idea that we've been tossing back and forth regarding relevant topics, which is what we just kind of did, uh, which is issues happening outside of the game in the Destiny community. While normally, like I said at the beginning of it, normally our approach on Focus Fire Chat is to allow our partners over on Guardian Radio and Guardian One hash these out, there are a few times that we feel like it is something that we would like to weigh in on as well. Uh, example is like the one that we just had uh, this week's update from Bungie regarding the state of Destiny 2 and their plans for the December update and what we can expect for 2018. Th- those are kind of big, big deals for us as well as everyone else in the community. But I do want to reiterate that, you know, note here that this will not be a common addition, but basically it's just something that we might do from time to time at the start of the episode. So this is not a new practice. I know this was kind of a long-winded introduction piece, but it's not going to be the norm. It's just if there is something that is very big happening and we want and we all agree on the podcast team to weigh in on it. I, I want to be clear that there might be some episodes that we do that on, but, um, that being said, let's go ahead and run into the intro for our topic. Uh, and we'll, we'll get, well, we won't get right into it cause we're a little bit behind, but we'll get into it. Oh, we don't. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at hunters. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed exotic weapons. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. Podcasts focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian One, a Destiny group dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings, Ghosts and Echoes, which is a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One, and the network's newest edition, The Guardian Life, which is a podcast for the casual Guardian's perspective that highlights all Guardians, large and small. We also have some non-Destiny-focused podcasts. Paragon Radio is a podcast that focuses on the news and events in Epic Games MOBA, Paragon, and their community. And The Enthusiast Life, which is a podcast discussing a wide range of fun topics from the entertainment world. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the power of hope. So be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I went ahead and asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. 
Hunters are agents of stealth and lethality. They like to backstab people. Mentions of hunters in the Destiny universe tend to coincide with scouts exploring areas that no one else may have touched since the collapse. Within their ranks, many notable figures stand out. Some more than others. The K-6, Andalbrask, Eris, and Bahannon are just a few. I like Ephrodite better. She, like, threw a titan into a walker. Never backing down from a challenge, many have been known to get into some difficult situations. The K-6 has needed rescuing a total of redacted times. You made me pinky promise, whatever that is. But they are a highly adaptable class, even learning things that would typically be better suited for a warlock if it proves useful to them. You can say that they are the most practical of classes, albeit unorthodox. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about hunters, however, let's take a look at this week's Lost Lore. So I'm, I'm glad that um, Exodus Green's failsafe made an appearance. As, as, who, who was that in chat? Was that dancing? That was so good. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> so very good. That was uh, that was better than Justin's pun line. I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll agree with that. That's pretty dang good. Hey, um, hey, I still complimented Justin just to be clear. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, given given that our intro ran a bit long, um, I figured we'll do a a very uh, short lost lore, and I kind of want to talk about some of the hunter groups that you that we might or might not know about in Destiny Two. Uh, it depends on how fast you delete some of the armor. And so the first one that yeah, the first one that I wanted to talk about is a group called Dead End Cure uh, or DEC. And basically, this is a a group of I believe it's called iterant hunters. Um, and the there are two hunt two people that we know who are in the DEC, and we don't know their names. We just know that one is called the first brother, and the other is the first sister. Now we know this is a title because obviously it's a it's a title. But we also know from the cloak, uh, for, so that the armor set is Dead End Cure two point one. Um, and the cloak is, I just blanked on that it's one. It's also 2.1. Is it 2.1 as well? No, 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 no. Uh, the cloak? Where is the cloak? You don't have the cloak here. Oh. I'll look for it while you talk. Boogers. Um, yeah, I know. It's just whatever. Uh, Fargon Hood. That's the one I wanted. Uh, the Fargon Hood says that this is a cloak that is worn by first brothers and sisters of the dead and cure a notorious posse of iterant hunters. Um, the cool thing that I found about the Far- Fargon Hood is actually the emblem, which I'm sorry, I see a Nern root. Uh, that's because I play Elder Scrolls way too much. But um, okay. but I, I don't really know what it is. I, I literally I can't see anything other than a Nern root. Um, I was actually hoping one of you guys could help me with that one. Uh, on the back of the cloak yeah it's like a weird it's like a weird flower let me see i think i actually if you guys are in stream 
It is, yeah. Um, I've actually got it on blue. Yeah, I've got it on. I have it on, or I have it in stream right now. It looks well, like, like a nerd root. Oh, so you're doing like, it? I was... Justin's wearing it. I'm wearing it. He's wearing the thing with pizzazz. And he's running away to make it difficult to look at it. So that makes us easy. That makes us easy. No, now now we have to catch Justin and then talk about the the item. Then (laughs) it turned into a game. I'm I'm still used to all this playing while we're while we're doing this. (laughs) Oh, okay. But yeah, so and it it I mean it it looks like um, it could be a lotus. Yeah, I th- I see lotus or like a grasshopper type imagery. Mantis. Yeah. Mantis. I still see with a the wings right? on the. Yeah, with the with the wings on the back, I I think more of like a. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd say a mantis. It definitely looks more, more like a, a cricket or a grasshopper. Mm-hmm. But definitely insectoid. I think definitely insectoid of some kind. Yeah, which which granted that still goes along with the way that that hunters hold themselves. Like they're they're mm-hmm. out in the wilds all the time. They they go along with these kinds of ideas. Uh, they they like to to be in the wild. They like to stay in the wild. They don't like going back to the tower porcade. Uh, it just all these little things that you you find on their their armor is either from uh, animals or or something else. But I think if it's a plant, it's a weird looking plant. Mm, well, I mean, Nernroot. Which once you said that, <laughs> that's all I stinking Right? I'm sorry, but that's literally um, all I'm. Chad is saying that it's a squid. It, well, I mean, we have examples of that, but it, it's I don't know. Ooh, Justin's ooh, excited. It, Justin's could excited. It, could, it, could it be a gorgon from the front? Little tendrils hanging down. It could be a lot of things. I think we have a road yeah, test think, going on. Yeah, no, that's kind of where I was going. Yeah, I was going yeah. to make that comment. Actually, I was like, I think at that point, if you start f- saying you could turn it, we're going to get a lot of interesting questions because it also could be a starfish of death. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, thou shalt save us, and I'll whisper, it's- no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Damn. <laughs> Darn, darn you, Space Bane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why? I was, I was going with a Rorschach. The Rorschach. Uh, line there. Oh, I got, uh, I got love it. Heading with it. Uh, oh, no. Uh-huh. So, that's, that's my, that's my uh, name for him. Oh, that's your, <laughs> oh, that's, yes. yeah. Where, where is Space Bane, anyway? Carry I killed him. Oh, I killed okay. him. <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other group that I kind of wanted to mention is the Icarus Drifters, and this is kind of a, it's a bit of an interesting one. We we have four individuals. We have uh, Adrian e. Gris, Blue Boaz, Shun Indo, and Talu Fairwind, and these are all pretty. I will be clear: we don't know for certain that they are hunters, um, but the armor itself is only hunter armor. Uh, so this could be another, I'm just going to be transparent here. It could be another drudge in your situation. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since that happened, I'm not really trusting of what names go where on items, but I'm just, yeah, whatever. But the Icarus Drifters, is, it, they're definitely racers. Uh, and <laughs> apparently they're really notorious for pissing off Holiday <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
they constantly are apparent destroying the engines of their sparrows. Um, the other, the other one that they are annoy, they've been known to annoy is uh, uh, Ari. How do you say that? Ari Ariadne 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 uh, is on the Dionysus Emerus, which is yes. the. Um, it's not the exotic, but it is a legendary it, sparrow. Or is no, it? No, it is one of the exotics. It is an exotic yeah, sparrow. It's, okay. it's a hilarious read. Oh god, too, if you it's get a chance so to much it. fun. It's hysterical. It, it gives so much more like diversity into the culture of like what's going on, where you've got new monarchy <laughs> that's like completely uptight, and you've got the other two looking at new monarchy, going, "What are you? What are you talking about here?" And then you've got Ikora just like, "Can we just? Can we just go mm-hmm. this way, please? I'm done with this. People like focus, I'm way focus, done with people, this. Focus." Yeah. Why does your sparrow have a dragon on it? Because yeah, they're really. cool. <laughs> and I'm not going to spoil the punchline if you haven't read oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. But my goodness, the punchline <laughs> of that card is so worthwhile. It is. So that's that's the lore entry is uh Dianus Dianus and it's I mean yeah, Grizzly's right. It's uh, it's absolutely hilarious. Um you also have Blue Boaz. He is mentioned on another uh sparrow with the wind shrike. Uh, he and then uh, Sean Indo is mentioned on Chronoglass, and then Talu Fairwind is actually only mentioned on the armor piece, and that's the Icarus Drifter Grips. Um, and it's basically again a challenge. Like, these these are definitely racers. You just read them. This mm-hmm. is definitely a crowd that Marcus Wren would hang out with. Um, that type of that type of personality there. The one that I love the best is the vest. The vest lines with Blue Boaz. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't believe the solar flare I caught the other day. Wrote it halfway to Venus. It's like, oh, that sounds amazing. Can we have that in the next SRL, please? I would like to ride on a solar flare. It's like, um, oh, what that what that honestly reminds me of. Have have you, have any of you seen the Expanse? No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, there's a there's a betting game. So the Expanse is it's a kind of a, a sci-fi drama. Um, but there's a betting game that basically they launch people in escape pods and they see how long they can survive in space riding solar winds and gravitational fluxes and stuff. That's the first thing that came to mind was this guy is a a nod to that, which I'm sure it's not, but it was oh man. Ah. Oh. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Now, now, chat. Two words: sparrow jousting. <laughs> don't let them Two read words. it. Why not? Why I was going to say, don't let them read it. <laughs> but all right, that line. So that's that's uh, really the lost lore for for me this week. I think was the two groups. Uh, you know that we had four hunters again. Those are the dead end cures or the DEC. Uh, and then the Icarus Drifters. We do have two other groups that were mentioned. We haven't had any updates of them that I'm aware of in Destiny 2. Uh, from Destiny 1, we have the Shadow Jacks and the Shadow Smiths. Um, I haven't I haven't seen anything new on them, particularly in Destiny 2 just yet. I have been kind of keeping an eye out for them because I'm interested in the Shadow Smiths especially. Um, but other than that, I think let's jump into the regular the the meat of this tonight's topic and i think we're going to focus mostly on the subclass because i think that's going to be a big yeah, when we're talking about updates 
think that's going to be the big, the big, big bonus here or the big point. God, I can't. Words are hard. So let me, let me cue up uh, Justin's good friend over here. Warbot <laughs> 2.0 activated. Query received. Interfacing with expanded database directory. Response received. Displaying on screen for review. I know, Justin. I know you love the new Randy. <laughs> new and improved Randy. Thank you. <laughs> um, so real quick, uh, the there there. I want to first start off with the, the a big shout out to Crucible Radio for episodes 126 and 127. Um, they they had uh, Claude and. Um, john on from bungie and claude jerome is actually he he actually does a lot of work actually i think he is responsible for the majority of work on the subclasses so he he actually went into kind of detail um about the inspiration for all these things and he actually really spent a lot of time talking about the arc strider uh and the inspiration behind the arc strider in those two episodes and you know just in general i think you should be listening to that those episodes anyways but especially for for this particular thing um, you should, you should definitely check those out. But the other thing to remember is that in destiny two, we really are seeing a refocusing of the hunter as a presentation of being a class that specializes in agility, um, being, which is basically being quick on their feet and having a strong sense of wanderlust, which is based, which kind of drives them to be constantly exploring. Uh, you, you also see a really big emphasis on, um, a lone wolf play style uh, more than the other two classes, which kind of are team oriented. That is also in line with the, what, what uh, Claude kind of calls the fantasy of this class is that they are kind of loners. They, they will team up when necessary, but they are usually the lone wolves in the wilds. Um, and that, and that is where the dodge, the class ability. So uh, the new concept in Destiny was the, really the game mechanics and the way that the game mechanics drove uh, the furthering of the fantasy story of these particular classes and subclasses. And again, this is something that Claude really goes into depth on in the, uh, the Crucible Radio episodes. And it, it actually explains a lot about why the subclasses were designed the way that they were. I know a lot of people have been kind of been like, well, we used to be able to mix match um, the perks and everything. And why, why can't we do that anymore? They explain it very well. Um, but the class ability for the hunter is the dodge. And really what this is, is that it's, it's basically something that is well suited to lone wolf play styles and it's focuses on mobility. And you have two flavors of this. You have the marksman's and the gambler's dodge. Uh, marksman is basically you get a free reload, and then gambler's is you get a free recharge in the melee ability when you're near an enemy. Um, so basically, again, do you like to be further away or do you like to be in the thick of things? That's that's the point of the dodge. I'm actually going to turn it over. Who wants green? Justin, which one of you wants to take the gunslinger? Uh, yeah, I can take the gunslinger. The gumslinger. Um, yeah. Did you get? Did you get? Uh, <laughs> did you bring your quarters? Yes. Yes. So gumballs for all. Um, 
The Gunslinger is a devastating ranged fighter with heavy focus on direct damage. It favors accuracy and finesse over raw aggression. Um, and it has two ways about it, just like the Arch Strider. Um, first is Way of the Outlaw. It allows for wilder play styles, featuring an explosive melee ability and a golden gun that has more forgiving aim, as well as an increased number of shots. Six, at the cost of the duration of the super. And then you have Way of the Sharpshooter. Um, focuses on precision for more disciplined playstyles. Rewards more steady hand, especially with the Golden Gun's increased damage for precision shots. So, um, you know, it's with the Gunslinger, obviously. Um, the aesthetic and the the... Kind of the theme is the Wild West gunman. Um, and, you know, it's it's uh, it's probably my favorite out of all of them, if I'm, if I'm completely honest, although I do love Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I miss Trip Mines. You miss making unicorns, dude. I miss making unicorns all night. Like, that was the thing that I would do. That's how I survived Iron Banner all of D1, is I would just throw trip mines at people's faces and got really good at it. Did did you ever see the Crota video where the guy throws the trip mine at the sword bearer and it ends up sticking to the sword? Then he goes and picks up the sword and his own trip mine and blows him up. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> That's pretty I good. thought you were going to go somewhere else with that where it stuck, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, uh, as far as the changes go on the Gunslinger, I like that they have six shots. I do feel like they run out very quickly. As far as, like, the me- actual mm-hmm, physical mm-hmm. mechanics of it go. Well, I think mm-hmm. they wanted it to feel more like a a firing from the hip gunfighter than a roaming flaming sniper. Right. This is true. You know, like you would pop it real quick and bang, bang, bang is what they want you to do. Like, you know, uh, the, the fan, the hammer technique from the last word. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the aesthetic they want to go for and the play style with it, um, which is fine by me. I mean, no one likes to have a golden gun pop and then, See him running around thirty minutes later, still smoking people. Um, I'd be okay with that, but you know. <laughs> well, not if you were on fire, Green. No. <laughs> no, that would hurt. I did. I oh man, there was someone who sent me a message, and I can't find it right now. But they made the comment that, and I haven't, I haven't really played much. I, I'm like you justin un- unlike you justin i actually pretty much exclusively play night stalker um but the uh the super in the gunslinger depending on the way someone made the comment that it if you do the way of the outlaw it is the last word but if the way of the sharpshooter it's Hawkmoon. oh that's a good way to look at it mm-hmm um, the but like the, they, he's like, but it, it doesn't, like that. that's what, that, well, that's what they were saying was they think it does. And so what I didn't, I, I don't know. I don't, I, like I said, I, I basically unlocked gunslinger long enough to unlock it and get the achievement. And then I just turned it back off. I don't, I don't play well, gunslinger. I think you could probably go last word and first curse probably. 
Okay. I mean, I and choose. I was, I guess I was just asking, did, have you noticed any difference in the super manifestation for I'm those? Going no. To look. Visually? No. Okay. I, uh, I would just like to, to, to say, yeah. What's a, what's a hunter? I don't, That's okay. I don't just these. wait till we get to the warlock episode. Yeah, just, just, we're just gonna pat yes. him on the head then and let you go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you'll just be like, here you go, here's your treat. Let's talk mm-hmm. about warlocks. Okay, yeah. let's do it. As I yeah, sit I, back the night now. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna actually give that like real fast uh, on, on like uh, my, my use on hunter. Hunter is the only other thing that I can really play. I really can't get into titans. But I have yet to start my hunter for lack of really liking what anything looks like anymore. On oh god, don't oh. get a, don't get us started on that. Mm-hmm. One. Okay, for the, for a class that's fest? oh god, for a class who's supposed to be so f- yes, I was about to say for a class that's supposed to be so focused on fashion, they definitely handed that that mic over to the warlocks for uh-huh. Destiny Two. Uh-huh. Like it was uh Though I'm 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 not lying, the errant knight and the Jensen knight armor sets are are pretty pretty acceptable. Right, that stuff looks okay. Yeah, def definitely. But even even just looking past the way that they look, like I just I don't know what it is. I loved Night Stalker in uh, D1, mm-hmm. and the little bit that I played of it in D2, I just feel kind of like, well, I don't know. Oh, see, oh, I like. Oh my gosh, man! If you so, oh, we'll we'll get in we'll get into this a little bit. But okay. Me, yeah, answer to that question is open. Orpheus Riggs. Orpheus Riggs. Yeah, I, oh, oh my! I don't God. have yet. Oh. I don't have yet. <laughs> I'm still looking for those. Too. Oh my God, they're so nice. Um, but green, green. I'm gonna give a big shout out to Green on this one because Green has done an immense amount of work getting and kind of putting together uh, recordings of Destiny 2. Let's just just call it what it is and pretty much Destiny 2. Like the entire thing. Everything. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, do you, Green, do you want to do the honors and kind of talk through the subclass mission on Gunslinger? Uh, we can. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up is these. this mission or this series of missions all – well, except for the Ark Strider, because that's just that opening mission. Mm-hmm. But these missions are very much so diving back into lore in D1. There's not a whole lot of new material in it. What we get is we get a lot of stuff about the Dust Palace. And let's see here. Kay talks about the Dust Palace mm-hmm. and the Scions. Then you get the story read by a female voice, which I don't recognize the voice. I don't recognize I don't the know. story. That uh-huh. one? Do you think it's new? Because I, I read that story as being um, what's her name, who had the gunslinger shots on the Six Fronts map, I want to say. When uh, you the, did... the Twilight Gap is Twilight Gap, that's what it, Yeah, it's the, I, um, I don't, I don't know think if it's that, her or not. But... I don't think that's her. No, this is the this is the scout that Cade has. Yeah, actually. yeah. I think it's in the the Hunter Two card, if I remember right. Is that you the, see her two places. There's the yeah, Mars, the and one then, um, uh, and Mars then and Draxus down. Yeah, Draxus, and then uh, the um, uh, rusted rusted lands. No, yeah. What was that, what was that was, crucible map? Um, can't Twilight remember what Cap. it was, but. 
Twilight Gap was where Anna Bray was. Correct. Yeah. But Rusted Lands was definitely one of them, I believe. But, but a warlock came back from that, I believe. That was the only one that survived of that little uh, mm-hmm. attack from the hive, if I recall right. The thing that gets me on this one, though, is when you get to the warlock challenge, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite moments in the fact that this is for sure a gunslinger at this point, which I don't know if we ever had conf- confirmation, but the story is for anybody who doesn't know the story of the warlock. Um, the warlock challenge is you hear about this warlock and this hunter that are basically sitting in a bar and this warlock is telling his story and saying like all these different things. Like you wouldn't ever be able to handle an <laughs> ahamkara essentially. Mm-hmm. And he's just elaborating. Well, he's also drunk and mm. drunk and elaborating with maybe some help from a certain bone that he's carrying. Had a bone to pick. He did have oh, a bone to pick. You couldn't handle a hum sandwich. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Oh, God. <laughs> Why with the puns? Beard. Right. Justin. Justin Beard. <laughs> yep. Yep. You knew what she was getting into. Yeah. There was, yeah, I should have. I should have. We had tape on this. <laughs> Yes. Was it was it police line? Don't cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was what was redacted in the contract. Uh. Um, so the warlock says, "Think of how mysterious the system is." I said, "How much life sprang up when the traveler came, like the Ahamkara? Do you know the legends, the dragon that made pr- promises?" And that is singular, by the way. That one caught me off guard because that yeah. is absolutely singular in the text. And I pulled out the fossil with a flourish. She pulled out her knife and started to pick the dirt from her nails. That set me off. You could never have brought down one of these, I said. Even ever. Not the greatest hunter, not the brawniest titan. Her eyes narrowed. She said, oh, is that so? And I saw right then and there she wasn't going to pass on the challenge. And then later on in D1, you find out that uh, she possibly... Got aham- Ahamkara and some of the <laughs> items, which is amazing. Jill Shar was so proud of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. No. And, ah, and told the warlock I could do it. Ah, yeah. But uh, the only other one that is in there besides the story of the the girl on Mars. Uh, that was is, that is from Ghost Fragment Hunter, and that is the hunting down of Draxus. So, go, uh, ah, Beard, you were you were right on that one, Beard. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is the where Cade is accused of being Rasputin, mm-hmm. which was, I think personally mm-hmm. I find that slightly out of context. Yeah. It, Besides for the fact that Cade is primarily a gunslinger, I find that mentioning out of context for the mission. I'll, the subclass, some of the subclass like lessons or whatever they're, I, I don't really understand where they're going with them because like, and I, I don't like, I just, I don't like other than this is like an example of a golden gun, you know, like the first, so the first one, the Draxus, um, mm-hmm. 
or sorry, the first one is the Dust Palace. Right. Not really sure why that's in there. Like, it has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with a gunslinger. Um, Draxus is the use of a golden gun. Then you have the warlock, you know, and the hunter, which not, again, not really anything to do with the gunslinger. And then the Rasputin thing. Not really anything. I mean, it's like, I I remember sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, but why are you telling me this? Like, well, I, I, I mean, the information we get that doesn't really lead to like an actual gunslinger is about Cade. The well, line where Cade oh. says, um, because, or what would they talk about, Rasputin and those creatures? Because I was a servant too. I was an instrument of war bound to oh, the will gosh. of a lesser master. The but I learned to be that. something more. The oh, delivery yeah. on that changed my entire reading of that card. Uh-huh. Like, completely, yeah. <laughs> completely changed my reading of that card. Mm-hmm. It made it much more ominous in my mind. But it's a tie between whether it's Rasputin, possibly, and Cade as the primary lesson that we're getting in this one. I mean, it's not necessarily a straight gunslinger lesson, but Cade is our mainly gunslinger that is what his main subclass is i almost feel like this would have been a, a great opportunity as more of a side note to like introduce another past legend like shin Malfur. Mm-hmm. they they had nothing on that end and meanwhile yeah i could at least or anna bray i gotta say we had we could have had like a shack scene <gasps> towards the end there with the wolf dog a wolf um <laughs> we could have had something else there with uh you know shacks talking about how anna bray caused the pools of light uh right right the only thing that i can figure that they were trying to do here is to at least establish that these things are still within lore and still within the story right so andalbrask is still a thing rasputin is still a thing because all through the initial game and all through the main game the only thing that i can figure we don't really hear about rasputin we don't really hear too much about uh, Andal or anything else. So these are the little quips and tie-ins of like how you okay. kind of figure these names again. I that's all that. I can figure anyway. I, get, I mean, I can see that. Can it see. just to me, it just was kind of. It's I, still I just weird. Rem- it, it was like it, it was. It just felt disjointed. Like it was kind of a weird. And I, I loved the like I loved everything about like how they did it. It was the subclass missions are I, I absolutely <laughs> love well that done. I love that that presentation of it, um, especially since it's it's kind of like the shard is the one that's teaching you, not a particular mentor. I thought that was a really cool change up um, because no one has light anymore. Right. You know, that's it's the shard is basically reeducating you on this stuff. And right. what's interesting is the shard remembers that I find fascinating. Right. The and, that, and that's kind of like about these legends what? without Montag. being part of their original traveler, mm-hmm. like having light, been there at the same time. All light is connected. Um, I know. I know. Um, but I mean, but I guess, and that's really honestly my bone to pick with, the, with the only thing that I had was I was like, I was going through it and I'm like, why are you, why? I'm like, I remember that grimoire card. But why? Like, <laughs> what's right. going on here? Well, um, maybe that's just it. It's still the show, and granted, this is still the same with the uh, with the other uh, subclass missions that mm-hmm. we see. Is there is this disconjointed segment thing that feels like it? And granted, 
you're going to have that with, uh, with of course, the Traveler being the, the right. sharded mess that's, that it is. That's fair enough. But Justin, um, you had something to add yeah, on that? Oh, yeah. I, I just viewed it more as being uh, kind of scattered memory engrams, kind mm-hmm. of like um, somewhat like the Assassin's Creed memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um um, more than, but just instead of having those being kind of like Beard was saying, instead of having them be in any sort of structured or organized way, um, they're they're kind of scattered to the wind, and well, not scattered to the wind, but they're they're just jumbled. They're just jumbled. And I think what you're getting in in the presence of this shard of the traveler is um, kind of disjointed, um, randomly associated memory engrams. Which may be associated in ways we're not we're not putting together, right? Because you know, they they clearly chose these cards. You know, I mean, it would have been real easy to to choose really, really blade dancery type things for the the arc strider and and you know prototypical gunslinger things for the gunslinger. I mean, they're the, adding the thing about Rasputin was very deliberate. I thought. Mm-hmm. And say one one could say that they're dead ghost fragments. Right. Yeah. I was that's what I was thinking too. Green would Sorry, Green. No, 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 you're okay. Um the only thing I was going to mention to kind of finish out this one before we move on is as with every subclass second subclass mission, whether it's Titan or Warlock, you fight the fallen on this this one, which I find a little interesting. The fall less Interesting than the Taken being there in the third subclass mission, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, I find it interesting that both the shard, because the shard brings you in, like it leads you there in a very somewhat um, reminiscent Taken portal, even though it's not the same as the Taken portal at, at all, because it is a circular por- portal or like a little not conical it's like a really bodily type shape and it it reminds me a lot of taken and i know it's meant to be a very similar thing to like the taken portals but at the same time it's not exactly the same because it doesn't have the structure around it mm-hmm. um because if all the taken or all the taken portals that led us to the ascendant realm we had to walk through a structure, a frame. This one is not. That's but true. That's it's just... it's a tear, but it's not like it's not. Uh, that opens up a lot of interesting possibilities, actually. Right. It's yeah, just it a something I noticed the other day. It's like, okay, this is not quite the same, guys. The other the other thing that I noticed is, I mean, and I know some have made this comment, but the city that you see within the portal. You mm-hmm. guys, do you remember? You know, did you guys notice that? It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of uh, no, interesting. No, I don't think I did. So, like, if you're if you before you jump into the individual portals, if you look into them, uh, I noticed at least on the Void Walker one because that's the one I just did. the The city doesn't really change. Um, the viewpoints change uh, as you change portals, but within the same portal, uh, it didn't change. But you can ra- you can walk around the portal and look into the portal. And like with the Voidwalker one, it was like a courtyard. And as you walked around, it changed the angle of perspective of that particular courtyard. Um, 
based on, you know, like where you were looking. So there was, there was, there is something that was being, and it's not the, it's not like when you go through it and you actually travel through the portal, it's not the, it's not like you're looking at where you're going. It is a completely different place because there is the one with the Voidwalker. Again, this is the one I just played last night. Um, the one with the Voidwalker is like this bright green courtyard that looks very mm-hmm. lush and very vibrantly, you know, well off. And then you go through it. And of course, it's, you know, <laughs> the dead zone. That's not that's not lush and growing. Um, but I, I know that I know that a couple people have made comments about it, but I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on those. I don't I don't remember if they change. I think they changed, but I'm not sure what each one is. They do from class to class, if I okay, recall do right. They? Okay. But after after that, even from having uh, replayed the Warlock again, I know the Warlocks will stay the same. Okay. Uh, but it looks very, either very similar to some of the areas on, uh, what was the, I forget the, the, the camp out in, uh, shoot, out on Venus. But it looks very similar out by oh, the endless yeah. steps, I endless, think it yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But yeah. that's... That's the first thing I thought of, either that or a segment of like the garden of some kind, which again mm-hmm. has entirely different implications. But mm-hmm. the portion on Venus would make a little bit more sense because of the portal that's kind of close by over there, uh, especially to considering the uh, other connections that kind of exist with um, with other people that have been around there, right? That's uh, or fair. other guardians yeah. that have been around there. So that's my at least partial thought there. That in the the. Uh, separated pieces of the travelers should have some indication or knowledge of like what is happening with those planets or worlds. So that's why I'm not too sure I would want to go as far as to say it would be a garden, uh, but at least one of the one of the planets for sure. All right, um, and then do you guys want to jump to Ark Striders? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, the Arc Strider is a close quarter specialist who thrives in group combat. It features some nice area of effective options and heavy focus on melee attacks, and it relies on speed for survivability because they are squishy. Um, the Way of the Warrior is one of the two ways that they have, and it is a heavy focus on melee attacks. Everybody gets to be... gets a handshake with a knife. Um... which makes it essential when short-range damage is a priority. The Way of the Wind is the second one, and it's overall focus on survivability through utility, with abilities that disorient enemies, increase sprinting speeds, support ability use, and improve evasion, which, when I play Arc Strider, that's actually the one I focus on the most, because Mm -hmm. I like to jump around like a maniac to get away, but it doesn't work a lot because they're floofy, and I end up dying midair. Anyway, that's a they say the warlocks are the floofy ones. God, it's just you. It, you you don't you don't go anywhere fast. That's the thing that drives me crazy. <laughs> I want to get down now. But uh, Arc Strider subclass mission is exactly the same as every other first. Yeah. Mission. There's nothing different. Um, you fight the same guys. You get to the traveler, the or the shard, the f- same way. There's, it's all fallen. Right. Um, I don't remember the name of the boss. I'll have to go and look that up because that is one of my next projects when it comes to category cataloging all of Destiny Two is 
getting all the named enemies. Good luck with that one. Oh, My goodness. <laughs> it's going to be a huge project. But I, I like the Ark Strider. I like it better than the Blade Dancer. And mm. I know that's a slightly unpopular opinion. But I like the fact that I have a Smash now. And not just dashy-dashy all over the place. Because lock-on aim is terribly difficult in this game, apparently. Right. Well, and like the, the Hunter itself, it kind of... Uh... It improvises in a lot of ways. I think that's one thing about the Arc Strider I've kind of liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does have this methodology, just a little bit that I played with it, where one swing will lead to another, and just movement is all meant to be completely flowing. And that's what I always consider a hunter to be, just this, you know, performing... Uh, Tai Chi flips. Yeah, Tai Chi or something like that over everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it, taking... running at like a a larger enemy fanning the hammer at like three of them and then rolling over one of the others and like stabbing them in the back with something else, you know, something of that notion. Uh, If we're, if we're going to go full Hollywood on this, Uh, the biggest thing though, that kind of stands out. That's weird to me in a way though, is they didn't really get rid of the knife. They just put it on the end of a pointy stick. I'm okay Uh, with that. (laughs) So one, stupid thing uh that i've i don't know if we have ever kind of covered or talked about at all the uh the formation of the fact that all of these items all the subclasses in the beginning are physical physical as in like an an item that you use when you summon it right something to that to that thinking uh I'm looking at Saladin in this particular case, if you will, because when he uses his super quote unquote, because we don't really know if it is or not, he forms the Iron X. Mm-hmm. And when we see it with uh, a couple of the other guys, then we see, uh, you know, we see the the golden gun, which is possibly another formation of that, or is it a just a a conduit for that solar energy to go through, and it really isn't a formation of an actual physical gun. Or is it something else? Is the the shield that the the Titans wield an actual shield? Is the sword the the warlock? Uh, I always want to call them Dawn Callers because I'm thinking Sunsinger all the time. But mm-hmm. that's uh, you know the Dawn Blades are that. Is it a physical sword like we see with Osiris where he uses his? And this this question permutates from one uh, one big thought. And that is if the uh, if they are in fact of like an ancient guardian culture, if you will, where Saladin himself is able to conjure up a physical item, is that why this shard of the traveler decides to conjure up this form of the light? And that is the only way that it knows how to use it until we end up presenting it with these different things and different items that we have to then find around the uh, other worlds. I would say the reason why we get the particular subclasses that we have, first off, they are, and I guess the Night Stalker in some ways too, they are the most rudimentary Mm. of weapons. A shield, something to duck behind. A sword, something to stab something with. And a, basically a pole to also stab something with or poke in the eye. Whatever, whatever works for you. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they're very rudimentary. They're something that with the, and the sword is a little bit more difficult, but it's not a gun. It's not a giant, like floating ball chasing you. It's not a striker, just a ton of energy. I mean, those would be the most rudimentary, but at the same time, it's a very wild feel and kind of harkens back to the, what you were talking about with Saladin's blade or his little ax, his solar ax that he had in D1. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a very rudimentary style of, of attack. Right. But I don't know if that's necessarily a, why they would do something like that, but it well, seems like a harken back to an older time. And I mean, we have uh, we have certain things and instances. Of course, we know that Timur uses the. Uh, we know that Timur uses uh, storm trance. We know that uh, Felwinter uses uh, Nova Bomb. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he does, uh, and, and several other things that otherwise exist uh, as part of the culture of the Iron Lords. Right, but they're the first ones that we see that are able to end up conjuring these weapons in this mannerism. And we do see that the way that the, the arc strider, the, the lore entry, I think itself says it, uh, that it is like an old ancient, uh, technique. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, yeah, no one remembers who the arc strider was. Hardly anyone remembers the arc strider at all. Time vanished us like it does memories. Uh, but in the darkest days of the Dark Ages, when humanity was utterly defenseless, Arc Striders dis, uh, disciplined their bodies to let the Traveler's energy flow through them, to call lightning itself to hand and wield it like a staff against the darkness. So in this respect, it's the same kind of idea as what Saladin is doing, where he does form his his solar energy, if you will, into a physical format. But we don't necessarily see a lot of that later on. I if it's an ancient format, then why was it that it was apparently like lost to time in that regard? That's my question. Right. That's where like if, if it was such a rudimentary idea, then why is it that hunters ended up giving up on it and they turned to something like the Blade Dancer by all accounts? Well, it may have been something lost just because the hunters were not known to group up into the city. But the shield, I mean, if we're going to get into that kind of debate, the Titan shield as well kind of falls into that. It doesn't make sense because the Titans were in the city the whole time, essentially. Well, Uh, and the sword doesn't make a whole ton of sense in that respect either for the warlock, because really the last thing I would end up associating with a warlock would be a sword of some kind. That doesn't seem like the the weapon of choice, if you will, even for uh, unless you really want to start saying that they are just the Jedi of the time. But I don't really uh, <laughs> like c- connect them too much that way. Uh, Justin, you had something? Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to. Uh, I think I think there are there. There's a pretty good chance that these these are the rudimentary arts. You know, it it does happen. These the old way of doing things does get lost. And I think is it's only natural, natural that the progression go from in the beginning, the manifestations of the light were very rudimentary. I mean, grab this stick, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and then they became more sophisticated with practice. The next thing you know, we're, we're making two knives. And the next thing you know, we're making, uh, 
a projectile firing gun with moving parts. Um, and it does kind of make sense how it would be lost with the, in the case of the hunter, um, just because of their solitary nature and just kind of the way that character types built up the warlock. It doesn't make as much sense because they're very big on chronicling everything. And I kind of feel you on the sword. Um, the, you might have felt like a, a scepter or a staff was a better fit, but then again, is that too much like well, that that the means bow, the bow faster. Um, but the yeah. other thing to think about with them is that these types of manifestations. If we go back to Blue's thought that each of the supers are a ritual based off of your like personality, right? That's one of the things that he's talked about on a couple of different episodes, that it is a ritualistic um, set of movements or concepts that you perform each time that you cast a super. Right. If you kind of get into that mind thought, it could be lost just in so much as the development, the getting a stronger sense of your of arc would develop and give you the blade instead. Like you may be more sophisticated in the blade than you would be with uh, your bow staff or whatever. I don't know. There's lots of different things you could go with in this one. There's not like a real set lore explanation, unfortunately. Yeah. And also you have the, the unhappy argument that at some point game mechanics Mm-hmm. Will not always will not always resolve with lore. Um, yeah, lore explanation. Um, we will try to make that happen, but yes, hmm. within reason. Yes, yeah. I gotta say, it is definitely a mystery that we need to to kind of see evolve. I think, or or one that could go along with it. But the uh, it, it's just the the weird impetus behind it, where the more it seems the further back you go, the more the the light seems to need to manifest in a physical uh, a physical way, and then the later out that you go, it seems that it has to manifest into this this uh, this force, and it can be channeled like a force, because the the void bow, though a a quote unquote physical thing, is still complete void. I don't right. see a physical bow well, that appears from that. And, and that's, that's where the argument could also be of like gunslinger as well, where it also looks like it's just a a manifestation. It's not a it's not an actual weapon, but Oh sorry, yeah. Go ahead. No, no worries. And then that's something that's a kind of a perfect segue to get into Night Stalker mm-hmm. itself because in the Night Stalker subclass mission, it mentions that the Night Stalker bow is not something that manifests first. Unlike the golden gun, the golden gun manifests first in your hand, and then you take time to aim and shoot. With with a bow, it is you aim first and shoot second. I mean, that sounds kind of weird. Even well, well, draw second. Yeah, draw. You draw the bow second. Yeah, you would always aim first and shoot second. Well, well, I don't know. I pop my golden gun and run around like a like a goofy (laughs) person. So. But, uh, Beard, do you want to take Night Stalker or Blue? Are you okay yeah. over there? Yeah. Sorry. Computer decided 
to try to die. Be a jerk. Yeah. You know, Welcome computers. to my world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I was going to say, uh, I think that the Night Stalker really is, is a, a good kind of answering to kind of what you were talking about with the, the physical thing. Uh, real quick, the Night Stalker is a class or a subclass that favors deception over aggression. And you see that with the selection abilities that disorient, suppress, slow, and even weaken enemies. You have that in uh, two different two different flavors, if you will. Uh, the Way of the Trapper and the Way of the Pathfinder. Uh, the Way of the Trapper is the uh, focus on survivability through utility. So you have proximity-triggered traps. Your, your sprint and sneak speed are boosted. Uh, you get to go invisible. It is the only subclass that gets to go invisible. Um, and then Way of the Pathfinder is still offering utility, but actually focuses more on damage. So it is actually a, a little bit more aggressive, especially with the Mobius Quiver. Um, mm. So Mobius Quiver is the one that most who played Night Stalker and D1 are pretty familiar with. That is the Quiver, so it's multiple shots with the same super. Um, as far as the subclass mission, uh, this is the the third. This is the one that you get to fight all the Taken in. <coughs> and, um, you know, it's it's back to the forest. Go back to Grandma's house. We go. Um, and so basically the, the scenes, I guess, are... I don't know, Green. You have it here as Tyra's voice. Was that intentional? That is from Ishtar Collective is where luckily I found that one. Um, They did have this one already laid out as far as the transcription. I am not 100% certain it's Tyra's one. I I don't know. um, It's it's difficult to decide. But yeah, so uh, anyways, (laughs) I see you haven't changed much, Portal. Still huge and scary. Um. So the first one is the is the quote that you guys were talking about. Uh, it's very it's the quote goes. It's very simple. You reach into the void, past visions of your own death and the extinction of your life, past fears and nightmares, and take what you find. I don't know why every hunter doesn't do it. Um, and this kind of goes in line with what Tevis was saying uh, in one of the <coughs> excuse me one of the training quotes that he has about how why night stalkers are not popular and it's because you can't be afraid They're that creepy. fear you can't you can't let that fear dominate you and, and uh, stifle you and right. that is the one reason that a lot of um hunters won't become night stalkers uh and then they have the next quote where it's uh, it's all about where you belong. Warlocks have their libraries. Titans have their walls. Hunters belong in the wilds. And there ain't nobody as wild as a hunter with a fistful of void. And I think that's actually a quote from Cade. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say that's a quote from Cade, but I... The, the first bit is because that's basically the introduction for the hunter for TTK when you go to get Night Stalker. But right. the okay, last yeah. sentence, that's a new one. That I don't recall being. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, I don't. That I, just, I, Titans belong in the wilds, though. That's a quote from Cade. Yes. Yeah. That I mean, was like, that was basically to describe like what is what is a hunter? Right, what is a warlock? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then 
the third piece or the third lesson, if you will, is the one the one that you guys were specifically talking about. You take aim before you pull the bow. That's right. It doesn't make sense. It's the void. So you take aim in the middle of a firefight. You line up your shot and then you pull the bow. Always worth it for the look on their faces. Um, and then then you go and you you fight all the taken and you win. Um, and then oh yeah, and then the last one that I have is you hear that from some warlock? No, no, no. The void ain't special. It sure is creepier than Solar Arc, that's for sure, but it isn't special. Just show it respect. Thank yeah. it. Oh, thank it. Um, I only, yeah. I honestly kind of think that one of these quotes, I get the feeling, is gonna is from um, one of the new characters that we got introduced to. Uh, ah, what's her face? Uh, Qantas Ray. Hmm. She's actually the the figure that is on the Night Stalker lore entry card, um, mm-hmm. uh, and she. Oh my gosh! If you haven't read the Night Stalker lore entry, definitely get, do yourself a favor and read it. It's it's amazing. I love it. Um, it's like but, one of the only straightforward ones. Oh yeah, I know. Right? But it's but it's so good. Like yeah. the the way she the way it describes her um, rolling void energy across her fingertip or finger her knuckles. Right. I'm like, yes. Um, I want to see that animated. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I, I, I want that the, as an emote. The thing that I imagine in that is the uh, the Dark Tower uh, mm-hmm. uh, hypnotization, the, the dancing of the coin. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, the Eat My Friends Eat card is a really good one, too. But, like, Night Stalkers, I, I really think I, – I, I liked I liked the Taken King uh, presentation of Night Stalkers uh, as far as yes. lore, because Tevis did such an amazing job in his explanation of like what it was, like why Night Stalkers are kind of even among hunters, Night Stalkers are loners, and and there's a reason for that, and that's because of the price that they pay to summon their abilities. Right. Um, I do I do have a question though, because you guys were talking about the the physical not being um, necessarily physical. So how do you like, just out of curiosity, what are your thoughts on the Mobius or on the Orpheus rigs? Because the Orpheus rigs literally has a quiver on your hip with void arrows in it. Like in, in game, in game, like as I'm walking around, I have, I mean, I, I, I absolutely love it. But I mean, like, just <clears throat> in perspective of, you know, the, the super. The problem is, is that when you cast the super, you're not casting from anything on this plane. You're reaching into the void and taking something from that that area. Right. So, well, you're, you're punching a hole into the void, right. and grabbing a fistful. Yeah, I know. And that's and that's the other like, I don't know. I don't really understand. Like, I think. I just chalk it up to the the Orpheus rigs being aesthetically a call cool. to the the, the yeah. Night Stalkers. You could do that, or you could look at something like Sunbracers in a way, or Sunbreakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, either one, either a, one works. Either, depends on if you want. I love that. I love that card. You know, <laughs> don't yeah, call really. them that. It might piss uh, them off. <laughs> I, I love that they at least call back to the fact that no, you're you're still thinking right. It's okay. This is what we called them last time. <laughs> No, uh, you, you you have the right to be confused. <laughs> it's like it's a, it's okay. Uh, 
but just the the idea that it's more of like a channeled idea, I guess you could say, like the your grenades are forming additional uh, power through the fact that they have solar stored in them. And I'm almost wondering if it's something not akin to that with the Orpheus rigs, if these uh, if these quote unquote arrows aren't some kind of channelers. Because as we can argue, and I, I still will think that this is right, and I think with what we know of the light now at this point with Destiny uh, 2 especially, our ghosts are channelers mm-hmm. for the light. We have the availability that we are able to to have it and perhaps use it to some effect, but our ghosts are the thing that draw it out further. And in that regard, I'm wondering if this isn't some kind of like amplifier uh, or or some kind of stow. Uh, that's the only thing that I could really kind of figure in that regard. Uh, something something related or akin to like a, a storing of void energy. Uh, even even uh, Nesrex sins could also work out. Maybe that's why the horns are so profusely, stupidly long. Uh, they are. It just channelers of that void energy and they focus it into another way and some some kind of handling. But that's all I got. Here's something that I want to bring up. If you bring up the lore tab for the Orpheus rig, doesn't it sound like she is mm. kind of submerged in an area with tons of void? Mm. Uh, hang on. Let me bring it up. Whoa. I should actually... Uh, oh yeah, Qantas Ray's Orpheus rig... Um, mm. the, the random night stalker that eat my friend, that's the, that's the night yes. stalker card. Sorry. I flipped those, mm-hmm. but see, the thing is, is like, so Qantas Ray, like she, she's in Nessus, right? So that's, that's the Orphus Ray card takes place on Nessus. Um, she's, you know, basically hunting Vex and it says light is scarce or scarce. Um, I don't have but Qantas knows how to find it, how to feel for the unripples of the void to draw light from the infinite the infinities between, between spaces. spaces. She knows how to roll black holes between her fingertips and how to knock her bow with an inex- inescapable gravities of the universe. Soon Qantas will leave this place, return to the city, report her findings, see colors again, but that won't last long. She is a night stalker out here. Balanced upon the infinitesimal knife's edge, where is is where she truly belongs. So the whole thing, the fact that that card says she's on Nessus, but she doesn't see colors, even though Nessus is the most colorful of places <laughs> we are in in an entire red. game. It's I'm, red. <laughs> that just makes me see feel okay. So I am just utterly confused as I mean, to it's, why she's Nessus in particular. She's well, underground in the catacombs. Part I mean. of the t- part of the times. Yeah. Well, no, 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 but that's, that's what she said. It's saying like, she's in the midst of like the lat, the, in the cold inhuman labyrinth, the deep shadowed catacombs of Nessus. I mean, she's down right. underneath where the Vex are burrowing. Um, right. And there wasn't a lot of fungus in, or whatever the plant life. There's not it's a lot brown. of it down there. It's just Brown. But I mean, like, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I, again, I just love the the rolling of black holes between fingertips. Um, yeah, I don't know. I will say she's got the best belt in this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an awesome belt. I want this belt. Anyway, 
I also like the fact that she has shaps like that, that to me makes mm-hmm. me actually kind of like it. And the snake um, emblem is on yeah, the God, the snake quiver. emblem. Sneaky snake. Yeah, we're okay with that. Hey, <laughs> hey, Justin. <laughs> hey, Justin, I found something about that snake emblem. What is it's, it? It's from D1. What? That mm-hmm. snake emblem made an appearance in D1 in one item. Venom of Akanheka. Uh, Ikaheka. Whatever. Ak- Aka, whatever. Ika. I- Was it? Was it the intestine snake on on that cloak that would gr- and neon green cloak? Mm, yes, I think. But the yeah. the card, the the flavor text of it calls out the sigil. The sigil of the snake said to represent the fluid lethality of a true hunter. Mm. So there was mention of this snake emblem in D one. So there's precedence that we would have a snake emblem. So. I saw it, it is it's armed with the venom of Hakuna Matata. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. I mean, it is definitely snake, but it's not the same anatomical layout, but yes. And that is a really snazzy freaking cloak. Yeah, it's an awesome cloak. For sure. And what did it say? I put it in chat if you're still there. Yeah. I'm good. I'm I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere simultaneously. Um, <laughs> that that makes I, me worry. I, I, I had kind of a <laughs> makes me worry. <laughs> I, I I had kind of a weird idea on Orpheus Riggs, and it's kind of ties into what Beard was saying as far as uh, having having a an aspect to your armor piece that's that's a focal point. Mm-hmm. Um, Think about this and just what we know about the void um, and, you know, how how it seems to be um, most of the beings in destiny that, that use the void as a weapon are almost pulling the energy from another plane or another time. Um, what if the, just this is just crazy, but what if the arrows on your on your leg are the ones you just fired? That are called back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then they're why per- would they not they're disappear? Perpetually, the arrows like perpetually. Just well, mm. perpetually in 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 a closed loop, and that would explain the 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 exotic's behavior. Why it grants your super energy back because it's basically, uh, you know, a set of time travel pants <laughs> for your for your night stalker. Time travel pants. The sisterhood of the tra- time travel. No pants. god! I said it was crazy. Damn. I said it was crazy. I knew that was going to happen. Time travel pants. The sisterhood of the time traveling pants. Yes. So, I don't know the void. Any of the void classes utterly make my head hurt. Hurt with how stinking similar it sounds to like it could be something a little bit more menacing, which I know yeah. is intentional. Well. Also, the the name of the perk is Uncanny Arrows, which mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I, th- I think I might be on to something. I'm gonna go ahead and chalk that up to me being right. Thanks, guys. I'm glad, <laughs> y'all, I'm, I'm glad y'all could hear me out. Well, maybe, and it's not it's not like more... it's not like we don't have weapons that don't have that mechanic. I mean, what was that? What was that really cool gun in Destiny One that had a mechanic of a time loop cycle? 
Mm-hmm. Vex mythical class. <laughs> I don't know. We're, I don't. Justin's I don't think gonna. I, I. I don't think I have time to explain. Oh my god! I don't have time oh, yes. to explain what I don't have time to understand. Um, yep, yep, yep. But no. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna lose Justin in the Infinite Forest. Is what we're what we're understanding here. Oh, I can't wait. It's gonna happen. Speaking speaking of stupid side notes, sounds like no time to explain's coming back. Really? It's what I keep hearing down the grapevine. That's interesting. Is it one of the Oh, no, modified? okay, sorry. I thought I I translated that as no man's land. Sorry. Yes. Oh, no no land times beyond. or yeah, no land beyond. I was, I don't know why yeah. that translated into no land beyond in my head, but <laughs> yes. Okay, no. I I yes. I have heard that as well. Yeah. Which which only adds to the the whole problem of exited properly a eh? well <laughs> you know we have we have a potential resolution they just need to connect those dots and it's not a happy uh-huh. one it's not a happy nope. one no it's but, not but no, they haven't not. they haven't formally connected those dots yet so until they do i'm hoping that's not happen i don't want it to happen either. either i don't either but for um, those at home on that that side thought do you want to give them a quick breakdown of what oh we were just yeah talking sorry about? um there is that could get lost yeah okay this is this will get a little convoluted um lost in time lost in time oh man uh there is records of so the future war cult is known to have uh been involved with the stranger like this is this is pretty well known from the storyline interested especially, in the stranger no they've they've been involved <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> ah. Um because the no time to explain uh exotic weapon uh that that entire thing they specifically call out and then also Pradith is um Pradith ghost has future war cult records on it. Um and Lakshmi is able to unlock Pradith's ghost which is uh, that's a whole different tangent. Um mm-hmm. But anyways, there's a lot of there's a big theory that the stranger and Lakshmi are connected. Uh, there's, you know, take your, take your flavor of the connection, but there, there is a pretty strong likelihood that that seems to be there. Um, there is a note or there's a item in destiny two that speaks about various pieces of an unknown female being found on different areas and anything from ranging from a hand to a head. And the importance of this is that the reason that we find these records is that there is a conversation going on about how they're trying to scrub those records from the system before another unknown female finds them. And this goes into the concept that Lakshmi is reviewing all the records of the future war cult machine, which is what she's kind of, doing if you if you go up to Lakshmi in the tower right now um that that computer that's going around a lot of people are are kind of making the argument that that's actually records from the war cult machine but so if she's reviewing all these records there's people within the war cult who are trying to prevent her from seeing these other instances these visions because if if that is the stranger and they just found her disemboweled head on on the ground that might might be traumatizing for their fearless leader who who has a connection to this individual 
so the yeah. thing is, is that machine is possibilities of the future. Right, right, yeah. It is not necessarily confirmation in any way, shape, or form. So well, that's what see, I would in argue, some ways. I would, it's, it's, um, see, that's where I also kind of argue because it depends on how far down the hole of multiverses we go. Because if you go full down, if you go full speed into the multiverse theory, that's not po- that's not possibilities. Those are actual timelines. It's just that's right. not mi- just that's not, not necessarily ours. yeah, that's not necessarily the one that we're on. They're potentially how to step. Yes, yeah, and th- and that's why that's why I say I don't think that there there is there is a universe in which those timelines are occurring. The question is, will those universes, will those occurrences become reality in our universe or not? Mm-hmm. Because the, the, that's where multiverse gets really confusing is because they diverge and reconverge on like the f- choice of what you're going to eat for breakfast. Right. And so. Um, yes. Do you want to do a quick who's who's? I think we should, because I think The Stranger was, if you want to do her as a segue, if you looked at her in D1, she was a hunter art type, even if she may not have been a hunter herself. She had the same yeah. stylistic outfit. She did. she didn't she didn't like cloaks, though. She liked poncho. Oh, wait. Mm, also, Aldrin, <laughs> Beard knows where I was going with that. Yes, and there's no, 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 stop. I kind of know where you were going, but I do not want to get into it right now. I'm going to ask you after the show because that is not okay, sir. Look, we're, what? we're talking spin foil ter- territory as heck right now. Can yeah. Like, uh, hmm. Oh, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's something that's been bugging me. But anyways. I know. Um, uh, Actually, so I have who? another thought on Hawthorne, but that's a completely different matter. Yeah. So in-game, uh, really the, uh, the only character that existed from Destiny 1 in-game that is in destiny two in game that we have any updates on is really Kate six, uh, which, mm. you know, surprise. That's not, that's, you know, uh, the big things that we get for Kate are the treasure maps, which if you have not done yourself the favor of going back and reading all the treasure maps, take 30 minutes and just do it. It's they're all on Ishtar and they're, there's some amazing little nuggets of lore in them. Um, I say reading. Don't you mean crying at? Oh no, no, those yeah. are the journal. Oh, those the no, that's that's the journal oh, the pages. Journals. Yeah. The journal pages. Yes, you're gonna cry because uh, and I, I, Poor Ace. I have uh, yeah, I have I have a question about that too because he's not the only character that we've been introduced to in Destiny Two that remembers his past life. Now okay. uh, there's a warlock armor that mm-hmm. has that, and I I'm, where he anyway. talks about his son. No, anyway. his wife. He talks about his wife because he sets the armor up to uh, read the memories of anybody who wears it. There's and, another one then that I found the other day. We will okay. talk about this later. But yeah, so there's there's a there's a reemergence of characters who are remembering past lives, and we don't know if that's 
new or if that's something that they just have we just haven't discovered yet so um so Kate six is really the only big name in game that we have any updates in destiny 2 out of game um out of game out of current or out of yeah out of it's in game but it's you don't interact with them um really honestly the big names that come to mind are um oh let's see Analog, yeah no no well eris i guess eris is technically out of game see i guess i'm trying to think of the characters who are just in destiny 2 or did you want to run through all hunters well i think i mean there's been mentions of eris if you were a veteran she's mentioned a lot oh that's true in the if you work their places they they still kind of showcase her which i think is awesome a tiny bit yeah yeah as far as like the mission text goes for those of you who remember this little line, um, if you are new to the game of Destiny, you have different lines than the people who have been playing in year one. In some of the missions, not all of them, luckily. I've noticed the only big one that I've noticed was on IO, which Blue and I talked about the other day. But mm-hmm. uh, Eris Morn was a vendor in year one. She also had a thing for taking out the hive, as well as had eye- hive eyes herself. And she's been known to work with uh, the Queen Marasov and Osiris and maybe be a little bit mad, like a certain warlock that she learned a lot of magic tricks from, (laughs) Toland. (laughs) But, you know, she was cool. She's actually one of my favorite characters. And I have a stuffed little Eris Morn that hangs above my desk at work. Yeah, you know, she had to pluck out her own eyes and put in hive eyes so that she could actually see down there and mm-hmm. not, you know, die and doesn't have a ghost anymore. And her last death is her last is her is her final death. And, <sighs> and she doesn't like Kate. Completely misunderstood. No, not she doesn't many, like Kate. Not many like Kate. Not really. No, but uh, Kate, Kate, Kate secretly likes her. Yeah, me thinks she doth protest too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's true. Pahanan is mentioned as well in one of the adventures on Nessus. Yes. and Pahanan is also brought up like quite a few times in the the, uh, the entries. Lord Tabs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Ariana's uh, vengeance. (laughs) Yep. That's the one I was going to mention. Oh, it's still one of my favorite things that they've added. Oh my god! Uh, and there's a there's a couple. Oh, um, ego and squid. Ego and squid yes. is pawn and ship. Uh, yeah. So he's actually brought up a few different places, which I think is amazing because he's easily one of the only hunters that I care about. Okay, that's not fair. I like Tevis too. I was about which... to say I'm gonna smack you. Aki, <laughs> not like Cade. I I don't I'm mind Cade. But okay, Shiro. Shiro, I don't really count as a hunter. Oh, I know as... he's a. I know he's a hunter, but I really don't count him as a hunter. The way that he acts and his mannerisms. Oh my goodness! He, uh, is he too he serious is, for you? Is he's he a, a night stalker? I, I would actually say he's either. Uh, I think I, he's a blade dancer. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I would kind of because he he fits that scout mentality too much. Mm. Plus. Trespasser was also an arc-based weapon, so there is True. there is that piece. Oh, yeah, uh, that's where I was 
Because like if, yeah. if he was just a scout, I could see him being a night soccer like primarily. Mm-hmm. But like he's kind of specialized with arc stuff. He had well, a lucky lucky raspberry. Yep. And Blade Dancer also had the ability that it could cloak itself versus the Night Stalker where it needed the grenade in order to do mm-hmm. so. So if we're going by gameplay terms and by how everything else would handle, I would say Shiro was definitely a, definitely to me a Blade Dancer of some kind. He had a lot of connections to that. But speaking of Shiro, Shiro 4 is also mentioned by Cade yep. in, a, in a couple of lines, a uh, couple of uh, uh, common lines out in the tower. And I, I like that he is. There's also a few uh, unsurfaced lines that apparently he exists in, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm if if they're going to bring back Shiro, I will forgive a lot. Like, I'm going to tell you that now. Aphrodite, I would forgive everything. Uh, yes, yes. If they would actually freaking talk about her, even if one line. Who's, I would who's that? Like, oh, who's that? God. Oh, don't. Oh, I am. The best hunter ever to throw a Titan into a walker. I'm sorry. That is the best thing. And the fact that she's a pacifist now, it's like, okay, the girl's smart, but she don't mess around. No. She also, you yeah. also have never, you have never seen her face, which slightly yep. bugs me. Well, yeah. and and they they make mention of that with the um, what is it the the one, the one line with Shax because he uh, he goes, I like Aphrodite. We like our helmets. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard and that I just one. Love that. I haven't heard no? that one. That's really great. Oh, that's. <laughs> That's my fault, then. Yeah, there's uh, there there's a Shaq's line where that comes up, and it is awesome. It is awesome because that's right. Because Shaq's is the other one that you've never we've never seen. Yep. And everybody oh, still yeah. debates: is he an EXO or a yeah, human? Because I think yeah, those I, are the only two possibilities, right? right. I, well, and really, it would it would kind of filter yeah. out that that cycle because you would have Shaq's the EXO, you would have uh, Zavala the Awoken, and you'd have Saladin the Human. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he does love his frames. Mm-hmm. No, that's Cade. No, Shax yeah. and his red jacks. Shax, oh, I know, I Shax know, but Cade, a, Cade, Cade, oh, Cade does too. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. If we're talking about bringing people back, I think the one person that I missed from D2, D1, um, more than anyone, and I didn't think I would, was Grandma Emblems. <laughs> Eva. She's still alive. I was Eva Labate. She's yeah. so alive. Oh, I'm sure she's. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, it's sure like she's... it's in. It's it's a scannable. She's she's she's, she's still around, she's around. Which I'm she... like I'm like I'm okay. Yeah. As long as she's the only... still around. <laughs> the the only problem is Tess ended up taking up her uh, her 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 needs. So now Bungie has to figure out how they want to repurpose her. What? It's likely that they're going to bring her back during the festivals. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. hoping that we see her for the dawning, since that was like her big, just, big, big, big festival. I just want her to give me some rock candy. <laughs> I forgot What's she that? gave us the candy. <laughs> some ribbon What's candy. That? What's that? Some uh, some guardian candy, as I as I yeah. so eloquently put it. If Go kill things. That yeah. one. Go kill things, oh, and they drop God. candy. Yeah, go we kill just, things, especially fellow guardians, and I'll turn just, them into candy. Uh, each we yourselves. just watched uh, Inside Out. Have you, Have you guys seen this mm-hmm. one? And mm-hmm. the the imaginary friend that cries candy. I love it. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Is it? Is he's like the um, Snuffleupagus kind yeah, of? Yeah, he's bong. he's mm-hmm. Bing Bong, Bing Bong, Bing, bing Bong. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, yeah, the the chocolate coin. Hmm. 
Do we have mentions of any of the other hunters? Because there's quite a bit, yes. quite a bit uh, of hunters mentioned in the lore in D1 that I'm not sure are mentioned. So in D2, in D2, in D2 we do see, uh, I believe, Ayn Suhu Asa is. Uh, yeah. Anahara 3, I want to say, is. Um, we haven't heard anything of the Dredgens just yet. Um, or at least not that I've seen, uh, iron, either. iron Lords, not, not anything yet other than just like in gen, like the general Lords of iron, um, mm. kit, kit alley. Uh, we, we have an entire set of armor that kind of details out kit. Uh, the question of kit alley in the mystery of how she drew a cabal a century before they appeared. That's a fun one. Um, Marcus mm-hmm. Wren. Marcus Wren is uh, amazingly an amazing yep. a-hole who I yep. I love. Uh, and the reason why is just just go read Stompies. Just I go read Stompies. I just <laughs> I love him. He's like, I might be disintegrating. You need to shoot me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, Omar, you know, uh, Pahanin, we've already kind of talked about. Yes, he is. He is. I like how they developed him, too, because Pahanin from D1 was really presented as like a really hardcore loner uh, that mm. didn't didn't like they were all and they kind of talked about this on the Crucible Radio. Uh, I think it was the first half. Um, all the old figures were really kind of presented as like these these individual s- entities that didn't really know each other. And so with the ones that we see expanded on in D2, you actually are getting the sense that they actually did not only know each other, but they were kind of friends. Um, mm-hmm. For The example being for Pahanin is he's actually the one that introduced Ariana to Wei Ning. Like, Which is a really great story. Well, no, so I, yeah. Cute. Oh my gosh, Pahanin. It's it, like, it, aw, it's it was first like, meeting. But it, it, what's even better is it was in a pub. Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, the, the, my, my point there being is that it was Pahanin in a pub. Yep. Like he, yep. he wasn't this antisocial, you know, he didn't become antisocial until after the debacle in the vault. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, there's tangents down that whole thing. Um, especially jokes, a Titan, a warlock and a hunter walking yeah. to a bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. That, um, <clears throat> Qantas Ray, we kind of talked about, she's on the Orphis rig. Uh, she's a night stalker. Uh, we don't, and Shin, we haven't heard anything. He's, I, I'm assu- I'm hoping that we hear something from Shin because if we hear if something they don't from do something with Shin, oh my I'm, God, I'm going to be, be so sad. Like, I mean, they set it up perfectly. That's the thing is like Shin mm-hmm. in the shadows. There needs to be a showdown. It needs mm-hmm. to be, it needs to be Roland, Roland versus the coffin hunters. Like this is the kind of stuff where they need to do like a, a friggin' Overwatch. Uh, oh, short clip. Or, or, oh, yeah. Oh, short God, thing. Yes. Like, do it. Just, just the introduce other, it for, for grief's sake. The other, the other reason I would be completely on board with that is that they wouldn't be bound by a T rating if they did mm-hmm. something like that. And mm-hmm. if any, if any story needs the freedom of of kind of oh. an adult flavor, Shin vs. Shadows. I, I just see that being an epic potential just yes. simply because of Shin's like Shin's uh, like theory or view of Thorn in general and mm-hmm. the shadows. And they're, little- like, I mean, it's just, I, uh, they, they need to unfetter it. They need to just let yeah. it loose. 
Um, like Shin's overall worldview would just be darker than the rest. Oh period. yeah. Oh like yeah. As well, a, as and a then character, he would right. just be like, "Wow, I just this one dude just screwed everything up for my entire life." Like literally, I thought it was going to be a, he literally like killed a everyone I loved. Yeah, I, I thought it was just going to be a fallen scavenger. No, it turns out it was this jerk who is a guardian by the way like that's mm-hmm. that oh shin shin i i i can go forever on shin uh oh, uzoma uzoma veil i don't think we had any updates on uzoma i haven't heard of any or I read think, any i think uzoma was only on um uh, zen meteor i think if i'm remembering that mm-hmm. one right um, well, it was also Taco 3, where we don't really ta- know too much about oh, Taco 3. Rip Taco. Rip Taco. Well, oh, I don't know. I believe mission. she was a warlock, though, if I remember. Yeah, yeah she was a warlock. Yeah. But, oh, man, that was a that was a rough strike because of that. Watch it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was there when Blue did that strike. Oh, yeah, for the first time. For the like, first time. <laughs> I was like, I, well, no, that was the first time I played that strike. And I was like, oh, wait, really? hang on. Wait, hang on. I know this name. I know this. Mm-hmm. Oh no! No 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 no! You're no, not gonna. No. You're not gonna. Oh, you did. <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah. And my my brother was playing with us, and he's like, "Can we just shoot things now?" He's <laughs> like, Blue and I were like pouring out one four, and Finch is running around like a chicken with his head cut off. So you know, he's like, "Can I kill all these things now, please?" The name the name didn't click for me until like I think a week later, and I was like. Why do I remember Taiko? Oh no! Uh-huh. Oh no! Mm-hmm. And the, easily one of those characters I need to I need to do like a little a little send off for. Like she is, she's it's it's a shame they didn't expand her further. Anyway, well, and I mean they kind of they kind of I, I don't know I, I don't of her of her character they, like I would like to know her relationship with the Stoic. Um, right. Actually, I just liked more information about you the Stoic. You want to know about the Stoic? Oh, the Stoic yeah, in I, just, I just want more information about him, mostly because I'm <laughs> I'm like a philosopher. Come on, like you can't yeah. you can't name someone the Stoic, and then that's all no. you give me. Um, no. But and yeah, so but I think that's that's really it. Um, I mean, I want to do a quick run through just of the people who are dead and mm. are probably not going to get a mention. Like, we know that we have had Andal Brass mentioned, Tevis we've had mentioned, mm-hmm. Gelion, which was another Iron Lord, uh, Jaren Ward, which... Rip. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other mm-hmm. Iron Lord that's ripped, or Lady, that Perun. one makes me super sad. Perun. Perun is brought up a couple places, same with, uh, I mean, Scory mentions her in the, was right. singing a, a song about her in the Stormcaller uh, mm-hmm. mission. Oh, that's that right. Got. Uh, Sai Mota was mm, killed, Sai. as well as Omar on the Crota, because that Crota team is so tragic. Quite spectacularly dead. I was going to say, tra- tragically screwed <laughs> is more like it. Right. Just Led to their death by a warlock. Anyway. Um... <laughs> What? We were talking about hunters, right? <laughs> I'm never going to give that line up because that was a that was my first episode on Focus Fire Chat was the Crota t- Fire Team. And so I did a ton of work on that episode, just like getting ready for it. And I just developed a pure hatred for Toland, unfortunately, during that episode. I don't think it's just unfortunately like, you is the are wrong a jerk. word. 
Can you? No, so, no. You just got. You just kind of an ass. I want to have. Yeah, it's just I want to have some redeeming factor for him, but there's just nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna say I I love Tolan for being the the crazy manic that he is, but um, yeah, kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Should we jump to dispatches? Yes, let's do that real quick. <laughs> Dispatches from the wilds. All right, so we got actually two uh, really quick ones from Twitter today, or not today. Well, was it today? I think it was today. I don't know. This week, we got two dispatches from Twitter. Uh, the first one is actually from Matt Grundy 89 and both of these have questions. And <laughs> the first one is, quote, for the love of the traveler, why don't hunters like symmetrical armor pieces? In I can quotes. answer this one. <laughs> Green, I can answer go this for one. it. Because <laughs> asymmetric, asymmetrical designs are in right now. Like, I have a haircut that's asymmetrical. <laughs> it totally fits my style. And, dude, it's so in. It's a um, little hipster-ish, but it's so, so in. I've actually got a... A valid theory on this. Yeah, I was just. Oh, no. What's up? <laughs> I'm no. Wow. No. Um, I think it's got to do. I think it's got to do with um, posture, stance, and just the way they present themselves physically. Have you ever? Mm. I mean, seen a hunter stand with both feet just squared and shoulders squared up to you, straight on. Like dead on. No, they usually have one foot in front of the other, and and everything's kind of at a, you, you know what I mean. Like they're they're usually kind of still. I, I take Cade's posture probably mm-hmm. as the best indicator of how a hunter should stand because you know Cade's the best indicator of how a hunter should do anything. Um, but um, <laughs> um, I think it has to do with with just kind of the their posture and the way they stand. I mean, that's not real scientific, but like a I, Titan, a Titan see, will see. usually stand like square and stand and like square up to you and stand straight and look at you. So it makes more sense for a Titan's armor to be the same on both sides, be symmetrical because you're going to see him like a monolithic structure, just kind of stand in there. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think, I think there's say- a simpler answer. The simpler answer is just because like what chat's saying, it just annoys the warlocks. I would also say that there are some pretty not symmetrical Titan pieces. What if, <laughs> like there's no, it's not just a hunter problem. Like the shoulder Zavala. guards on some Zavala. of these guys. Yeah, Zavala. Let's, let's go look at Zavala like, for example. Hey, guard. I'm like, what the heck? I get that it's like a thing to hide behind, but. That's, well, I think that's we, a hazard at that point because you're going to whack your arm up. Uh, I actually think that's like the quarter panel from an 89 dot. Oh, Lord. Like, I think it? he had a fender bender. What was it? What was the – wasn't it Locke in Halo 5 that you had the mm-hmm. the theory about the chin uh, rest? The chin, chin rest of the feet. So you could sleep standing up. 
Wow. So he could hang, so he could hang his head and support his, so he wouldn't get <laughs> neck trouble from hanging his head in shame. <laughs> Gosh. Oh man. <laughs> so the other oh. one was, uh, I was Pradith, who I believe is Dolan. I, I think that's who that is. Um, and he says, "What is your favorite hunter exotic armor for PvP and PVE?" And to answer my myself, PvP is Dragon Shadow, and PVE is Orphus Rigs. I, I mean, I'll be honest; I have one answer, and that's Orphus Rig. Like I, I, for I, both of them, yeah, for everything, everything. If I could put um, Orphus Rig on my on my warlock, I'd probably try that. Um, you know, warlocks don't wear pants. <laughs> Hang on here a second. Hang on here a second. Have I introduced you to my friend Transversive Steps? Oh, wait, I haven't because you won't be able to see me. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, m'lady. In your entire closet. In a closet full of sundresses. And you're getting snippy. Uh, uh. All right, that's where we're that's Justin. what we're gonna take this. Okie dokie. What's your favorite hunter armor piece? Lucky pants. Go, go um, ahead, well, my my yeah, no, my my um opinion will be limited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, two two weeks limited, maybe. Yeah, two weeks limited. Although from seeing what armor pieces made it in from D one, I'm gonna have to go with Nighthawk. But um, right now, the one I'm wearing the most is Lucky Pants mm-hmm. because they're just really lucky pants. <laughs> How do you cheat in Crucible? What? There's no cheating. And and by the way, by the way, do you do you not think it's it's like weird that all of a sudden you're seeing quotes about there being illegal mods in the Crucible? Like mm. it's the Crucible. Like I don't know. That's that's kind of weird. Well, I like, mean, it's the same killing. It's the no. Go ahead. It's the it's the same debate as like what Shax has to talk about on uh, on Mita with like uh, <laughs> where, where all that goes and and that he has to actually utilize uh, Lakshmi for this one to say it's not from our time period. Therefore, you can't outlaw it like you did with freaking Red Death and Suro's regime. I just don't even try like, it. Zavala. Don't even try it. Yeah, leave it alone. Freaking loved it, love it. Anyway, Green, what about you? Uh, for PvP, it goes up between two of them. Young Ah Ahamkar is fine because if I'm running Gunslinger, I'm just going to run. Honestly, I'm not running Gunslinger. I'm running Tripline grenades mm. when I'm running, or the Stompies, which it makes it so much easier because I'm actually faster. Stompies and Mita is a deadly tool in PvP. Yeah. But oh, as far that. as the PvE, probably like Stompies again, just because I like jumping around and I like jumping up into high places because I'm constantly exploring. So that makes it easier. Beard, what do you think? Okay. Uh, again, I will state, what is Hunter? <laughs> Um, I, I, I are hunter. I are, I are I, hunter. I, I is warlock. I is I is warlock. 
Oh, you would go there, wouldn't you there, buddy? All right. Titan! 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 Titan smash! Um, I don't actually have a hunter made up uh, at all at this point. Uh, Orpheus Riggs is the only thing that really looks fun to me. Uh, I would oh, probably use the Dickens out of that, honestly. But aside from that, I'll put it this way. When I played my hunter in uh, in D1... It was just Bones of Ao. I didn't use mm. anything else. Yeah. It was just Bones of Ao. Neither did anybody else, quite frankly. Uh, I, I was used... going to say, why would you use uh, anything other than a third uh, jump? Because it was too freaking no, versatile. No. 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 Graviton grips. Oh, yeah. You, you like the sealed Ahamkaras. I like Graviton mm. for yeah. uh, the... Uh, Graviton for the... Not the helm. The helm. The made. helm. Yeah, that was, was the one it was called I didn't take. Graviton forfeit. Was it forfeit? It was called Graviton forfeit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you could take that from me because I'm Graviton Lance. Oh, that's right, Lance. That's, that's the, the gun. Yeah, I never took. I never took the forfeit off. Like I never see. And I guess I guess I was the odd duck out because I never had problems with jumping puzzles with the hunter. I like, I. I no, I mean I I know I know like a lot of people yeah. who did, but like I just I like even when I ran Blade Dancer. It was not an issue. Like I, I never really had issues with it. So like I'm I never the a... bones the bones of EO were never really. I tried them once and just it was like oh this gives me an extra jump that I don't need. And it doesn't. And see mm-hmm. the thing the thing is is ultimately bones of EO doesn't change the height of which you can jump. No. Like it does a little bit, but it it really doesn't change it. And so it's that was the yeah. It yeah. was just about the directional control. Which if you're if you already had a hunter who was running triple jump, I mean, you really don't. I don't know. Just my playstyle, I didn't really need them, so I just always had graviton because oh, graviton's amazing. Plus, keen scout. Well, is, the, keen scout is a beast. Keen scout is awesome. The uh, the way that bones kind of uh, helped me move around, though, if you had full mm. control on, you were mm-hmm. actually jumping faster. Right. Mm-hmm. That okay. was the big reason mm-hmm. why I kept them. And then on a side note, too, for PvP, I always found that they were super helpful only because in midair accuracy, you had that third jump and it screwed up everybody's oh, plans yeah. to go ahead and fire, fire at you. on you. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. And I guess, yeah, because I didn't I wasn't a big PvP player. I still am not. On I used them a lot like in the raid because I would mm-hmm. like skim the ground. I would just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, like real. it's almost like Titan skating. Yeah. We stole Fun. Blink from the Warlocks and Skating from the Titans. I'm telling you, Hunters are the most versatile. I mean, think about Cade's reaction to the whole Red Legion. He's mm. the only one who started doing something right away. Like, the other two, they thought <laughs> And what did he it. do? What did he do? He went to steal he, someone else's tech to use it. Yes, exactly, because we're going to figure this out. We'll figure it out together, and mm-hmm. it may take some saving and getting it's captured. Called, By my it's cotton called Adapt socks. and Overcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But By my actually, cotton socks, he does not have time to explain what he does not have time he, to understand. But he was the only one that didn't fall falter in his hope. Like he, like you didn't yeah. see that from him. Well, and I, I think Zora and Zavala both kind of fell down a little bit. But well, oh my God, I'll be honest. Worked. I'll be honest. I think the reason why is because Kate already lives a semi hopeless life. Right. If you, I mean. And I, and I don't mean to downplay what the you know what Zavala and Ikora have gone through, but I mean 
just from what we know of the three of them, Cade has an extremely dark past, like extremely checkered. I mean, again, you know, Beard, you kind of made that comment about the journals and his family and how he will never see his son again. Um, and he's like, I mean, he made a comment. He's like, even if he does see his son again, his son will never recognize him because he's not who he was. He is an exo and he has an, he's an exo because of his own, his own choices. Like he, he put himself in this situation and it's like, and it's when you start putting that together that like, yeah, Cade's going to be the one that is best equipped to deal with the, the complete and utter loss of hope because Cade has gone through that. Like Cade has survived these dark times and these, these dark experiences. And he's used to being, being the one that's like, you know what? It's time to just keep trucking and, you know, just the only that, you know, if you're going through hell, keep going. I, I think I think that is a testament more to Cade's experiences. Um, character. And yeah, and his and the depth of his character, really not in. I mean, again, oh. not not that the other two don't have depth of character, but I think that's Cade's strength. Cade is a, is a, he's a you know, he's a he's a smart ass. He's a he's a wisecracker. But when when the when the money hits or when the tire hits the road, Cade's the one that's going to be silently going behind the scenes. And I mean, granted, it doesn't always work out as is evident from the Poor game. Ship. And, um, and also, also ego can keep you from losing hope too, because I don't think he ever believes <laughs> anything really that bad's going to happen to him. And that's that's all down to just. Well, and I mean, like, yeah, and that's true. Um, I think, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a degree of, of air. I mean, there's definitely a degree of arrogance in Cade, but I think the, I mean, I I really do think that because I mean, just if you remember the, you know, the Taken King journal, the stuff that he does remember, it's just, it's very dark and it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's the one that has the most humor. You know, the the person the person who laughs the loudest is often the one that has the most pain. Right. Speaking of like losing hope, I think that's a good segue into our shout outs. Yeah, the that's end. fair. I didn't even do that on purpose. I'm just that good. <clears throat> have, you, have you lost hope in our time management? Yeah, well, I've, oh, I'm I, on, I lost I'm that on a like, long time ago. I'm like on the third iteration of rec- recording, so just if you're if you made it through this far i apologize for any skips in the recording my computer is sound card is deciding to be fritzy um but beard what do you what shout outs you got for us uh i actually have a well the typical one guardian con july 13th, say, I'm gonna 14th, be if we can uh yeah i was gonna say if we can <laughs> uh, stop hating on each other what uh <laughs> otherwise i uh i have to give another my my other honestly major shout out is to my uh my buddy Gamma Trap. Uh mm. small story with uh Gamma Trap and I. Uh Mylan found both of us at the same time, if you will. Uh he picked up on Gamma's art at about the same time he picked up on uh, my Ephrodite video. And we were both actually featured in the same Ephrodite video that uh Mylan had done. So there's always been that like uh innate connection between us, if you will. Because we were, we both were kind of like found at the same time, quote unquote. Uh, but more than that, it was just uh, you know something we don't get to talk often, him and I. Uh, but when we do get a chance to actually talk, 
uh, our talks are, our, our talks are great. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of what he kind of helped me with today, uh, I've been I've been struggling with the way that my content has been in a way going because I always feel like I have to I always feel like I have to fit a certain way or a certain direction and he basically just flat out uh, kind of helped me out with uh, with trying to figure out who I am again in a way because I shouldn't need to to figure that this content is something that people are going to see it interests if it's something that interests me. Mm-hmm. Then I would figure it's going to interest some other people as, as well, and it might it might be able to uh, to to kind of give them some different spirits or, or lift up their their day, whatever's going on. Uh, and and it's it kind of pans back to something that uh, Green and I were talking about last night. Uh, and Green knows my little tangent that I'm on at this point, which she was, you know, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to Green too. Honestly, I know you're sitting right there, but. The mind maps uh, had had actually helped me to go to sleep last night, uh, even though I still woke up with a migraine. So screw you, sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. But the it it still helped me with uh, th- this community in general is very good at working together. Is basically what I'm like trying to get to. But between you know the stuff that has happened over the last couple of days, and even if people are sitting here screaming at me for stuff and opinions that I have. I don't care because in the end I'm being true to myself and that is exactly what this community is about. So I know I'm, I'm kind of going back towards the beginning of the show here again, but let's just remember to be good to each other. Like I've had so many people come forward to help me out with in the last few days. And it, regardless of what kind of things they are, if it being just small, like, Hey, you know, thanks for what you do. Thanks for, you know, giving us the content that you have or, you know, well, I found this while I was out there. It's all appreciated because it all helps me to to be good to you and to, to help myself so I can actually sleep at some point in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm going to tag off of that just a tiny bit, too. It's just. As content creators, it al- you're almost. It's like people almost expect that we hear a lot as far as feedback from people. Like we're getting feedback all the time, whether it's positive or negative. Um, you, we do hear some feedback, it's, but it's not as much as you would think. Unless it's like in a YouTube video comment section, which that feedback is always interesting to say the least. But to hear the stories in the community again, why this community ties together. Somebody mentioned the other day on Twitter that his daughter is playing Destiny. And I was like, that that's cool. Like his he likes the fact that his daughter's playing Destiny. And being able to share those moments, like, hey, my daughter, who's like seven years old, finds this character to be a strong character, and I'm proud to have her play it because it's not a fem like us in anyway, that's a different soapbox. But um it's nice to hear those stories again and be like, hey, I came to Destiny because of this or i like like hey you don't have to be like oh beard your stuff is so amazing that's that's nice but mm-hmm. it's just like that's n- not what we're here for we're no. not here for praises we we do like to hear from you guys but it's 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 actual feedback and ways that can help us whether it's like hey i've got 
I know you're going through a hard time. I hope you have a great day. That kind of stuff blows my mind when I get that. I have somebody who checks on me fairly regularly in our chat who is just like, Hey, how's your week going? Cause he knows I struggle and it's turned into a friendship and that's what this community is about, but that's it. Oh, soapboxes. So many soapboxes for days. Yeah. But I uh, got onto a big tangent, but just, that's okay. (laughs) I'm okay with following up on it. I'll, I'll end my, my, my shout out by simply saying you're, you're all fantastic. And I all think that you need to remember that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Justin? Uh, yeah, just a big shout out to, um, my clan and, um, also a couple of our focus fire people. Trigger Blade actually jumped in with us because we needed a sixth and helped run me through parts of the raid last night and had a really good, really good time playing with him um, last night. And I also got to get on and play some Crucible with Infested Potato the other day and had had a really good time. So just just everyone that's kind of embraced me back, you know, coming back to the game and back to the podcast and and everything. I really have missed you guys and and. Uh, everything so just just good to be back and everybody yeah. everybody love everybody ele yeah um, yes everybody love everybody and if you don't so help me god i'll come find you <laughs> you never heard uh, about that male male thief ever again after that story you know that right like that, yeah. that guy's gone <laughs> that guy's gone oh also everybody was kung fu fighting anyway <laughs> <laughs> Um, so our next topic is going to be the power of hope, which is, uh, I, I'm actually, I, am trying to get a few things organized for that one. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, but the other thing that I was supposed to remember to say was that the book club has been renewed or refreshed for the month of December. Um, it is, Artemis by Andy Andy Weir, I believe, mm-hmm. is the book. The author of The Martian. So it's his newest book. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Um, so that's, if you guys don't uh, have a copy, uh, we have an audible trial. Um, or you can <laughs> look up on YouTube. Whatever. Uh, the other big so thing. That, that was barely audible. I know. It, it was. Um, the other big shout out that I did want to give uh, is in addition to uh, Green, who has done an amazing job with Trent, like basically recording and transcribing for our own purposes um, over on Ishtar. Uh, Pirate Danny has, I think they said, mm-hmm. has transcribed over 10,000 words from Destiny 2 to date. So um, yeah, I wanted to give I wanted good stuff give her a big shout out and a big thank you to all that, all the hard work of that entire team. Um, Mm -hmm. because you know, like beard was saying this, this game, the way, the way the information is delivered in this game, it really does require a community to work together. And thankfully destiny has just that. Um, we have a community that is really good at working together even when we don't agree with each other. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I, and someone in chat had made a comment about that earlier is about how like the lore community has been actually uh, one of, one of the pretty steadfast pieces. Um, level headed. 
I, I wouldn't. I, I don't mean. I, I, I yes, but I don't I mean, want to say era, that. I don't know if I'd go that far. I, well, I'm I, on the I, same I, page there, Beard. I'm like, oh, I don't know. If, it's yeah. just, I mean, <laughs> there, there are reactions, yes, and but it's you can have reactions and still stay level-headed right, and right. somewhat objective. Well, and and right, you can. I mean, I don't mind differences of opinions, but we don't accept hate. Like that's right. that's the thing. Um, it's just an end. Right. Yeah. It's just I, I, that that's if you ever want me to not listen to you, that's mm-hmm. that's how you do it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just I, I really think that the those who are helping the Ishtar team transcribe, whether that be our Gunters and Focus Fire Chat or, you know, Pirate Danny or any of the care, any of the the uh, the figures purple. over in the Ishtar purple, um, the Ishtar team in general. You know, they are a really good example of what this community can come together and do. Uh, you also have like the Destiny def- or Armory Defined for uh, Rhino. Rhino's, oh is yeah, his stuff that. is crazy good. He's got uh, a bond shop too. Yeah, yeah, and and he's every day he seems to get more up there. But I mean, those those are the examples of what I'm what I see when we talk about Destiny community. That's what I what I kind of go to, but, um, yeah, so let's, let's wrap it up. I will, I don't know if we'll stay around for too long of an after show since this one kind of ran a little bit long, but we probably will just for a little bit, but here we go. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.